version 2.0 this is episode number 93 i am dan and the boys are in the house with me nick yes justin i am justin and jesse i'm in the house hey jesse what's going on dude what's going on dan it's, it's glad it's uh it's great to be back is it, is it good to be back yeah well, it, you know where'd you I go i felt like i missed something last week did you miss something where oh, oh that's right you weren't here last week yeah, but in in reality, it was you guys who missed something, dude. I saw the amazing video. <laughs> oh goodness! Of a compass. You're gonna bring that up right off the bat, dude. Are you kidding me? That made my weekend. I was. We're like, gonna oh. bring it up again at news of the week. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, it's it's gonna get brought up. I just saw. I saw the heli falling to the earth, and then I saw this glorious mushroom <laughs> cloud of dust erupt from the ground yeah and then i just had a coke and a smile and i was just like yes and then you just watch it again i did over and over and over <laughs> how many views did that video get probably too many yeah that was me it was Most all me <laughs> <laughs> so what happened what, what what's the deal oh you want it right now the full story i want it right freaking now all right so it was it was hot out. Last time I heard that, I got in a whole bunch of trouble. <laughs> the, fo- oh, the following geez. was not good. Yeah, sorry. Well, it's just flashback. Hey, you know, our moral yeah. compass is back this week. Sorry. <laughs> I know I heard. I I had to almost turn the show off last week. Our moral, like, moral compass went boom. <laughs> he crashed. He crashed. So tell no, us what so, happened, man. You, so it was hot out. And what was funny is I'm like, let's go, you know, I was hanging out. There's a there's another list. There's a listener there, and you know we're hanging out. I'm like, let's go fly. I'm like, let's see if I can get it to shut down. You get a thermal shutdown. You know, put the canopy on. He's like, all right, I'll take a video. So started flying. You know, I was throwing it around pretty good, and uh, so so yeah, okay. So the motor temp. <laughs> So like, are you ready to like tell us like? Yeah, this? He, he, well, yeah, he's so, okay. through the Rolodex so so right now. Can you hear so the, just, the wind from the cards? Well, I was, see, I was going to try to build up to the crash, but there really wasn't anything. It's like I was just doing my thing flying, and then it shut off. You know, I'm 60 feet in the air. It shuts down, and I'm like, oh, thermal shutdown. No big deal, you know, 60 feet up, plenty of height to auto. Not going to be a big deal. And it was actually, as you probably noticed in the video, it was floating down so nice that I actually thought I still had power to everything. I'm like, okay, just, you know, a little bit of negative pitch. Try getting a little bit of forward <laughs> speed here. This isn't going to be a big deal. The motor just shut off. So it gets to about three, four feet, and I go to start to flare, and nothing happens. It doesn't slow down at all. And then, as you n- noted or pointed out, a giant cloud of dust, and I was just going, man, that really should have slowed down. Like, that was just a routine auto. I really don't know what happened. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, ooh, like, 
he really can't auto. And it's like, yes, I can auto. <laughs> that wasn't me. Like, that wasn't like, no, fair. No, you really can't. Yeah, but I can auto. So, <laughs> so we walk, you know, we, um, so we walk out there and it's sitting there and I go to grab the heli and everything's powered down. Servos are limp, fly wireless unit shut off, receivers shut off. And that's why I had no control when I went to go flare. Um, so, and power, what was power the, outage. Uh, what was the root cause of this? The root cause was a battery, of course. Hmm. A lipo. I, I'm i not sure if I lost a cell or if some of the internal wiring came loose. Fact of the matter is, when you put a voltmeter across the main leads, there's no voltage there. Aha. So uh, uh-huh. that's, the, uh, that's the main thing. That would do <laughs> but, it. I figured, you know, after 400 some odd flights of beating those wires around in there, something's eventually going to give. So, yeah, you know, is what it is. Yeah. And you added up and running another like two hours from then, right? I don't even think it took that long. Hmm. So, yeah, I I did. I had all the parts. um, Got more back. You know, I have more packs. So that wasn't my only flight pack. And it was flying later that day. Damn it. Dude, that's I, know, pretty, it, I mean, it couldn't keep it down for long. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of a boring crash story, dude. Yeah, I. That's why I didn't. It's I sort didn't of bittersweet. Really I didn't really even want to bring it up personally. <laughs> you kind of <laughs> wanted to hear boring. that it was such a terrible crash that he had to wait like weeks to get all the parts it, exactly. in, and, and then they you didn't. Know, the shit wasn't in he stock. Stuck flying the warp, and yeah. He broke stuff yeah. that you just don't break, but and, nothing. And, and whoever you were buying it from was moving and not answering their phones. <laughs> yeah, it could have it turned into a real bad situation. Did you guys notice what I did there? Your your powers of subtlety, Dan. I'll tell you, man. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, wow. the master. Uh, so, Jesse, I, I want to hear about Brooks, but I kind of want to save it. Uh, for after the news, so we can kind of talk about your Brooks experience and all that good stuff. So we know you went there. We know you had a crash. Anything else besides the Funfly stuff happened this week? Anything cool you want to talk about? I do. I, I've done a couple other things this week. Yeah? So I know Nick noticed, but last time I was out at Public Works, my motor did this cool thing where if you like, you put your hand on the top of the can. This is my my electric, my 7HV, so my Scorpion motor. You put your hand on the top of the can and you kind of push it up and down. Kind of made this little really loud squeaking noise. So, yeah, that wasn't so cool. So I investigated that and found that the bearings had spun on the shaft. So I rebuilt my, you know, just once again, probably has a thousand flights on it. Probably time to change out the bearings and the shaft and the motor. So put a new motor shaft and bearings in my Scorpion motor. So that's all good to go. Flying smooth again. Nice. And yeah, so that was good. And then I, I did get some flying in since the since last weekend. I saw the picture on Facebook. Yeah, so I got out yesterday. I mean, really nice out here. Got in ten flights, and then went out today again and got in another ten. I, I couldn't help but notice, and it took me. I got. I don't know why I didn't catch on right away, but uh, if you guys notice, Chris Treby said, "Come on, Jesse, strike the pose." And I for like a half a day, I'm reading that going. What in the hell is he talking about? <laughs> oh, come on, dude. <laughs> and it finally came to me. Oh, the together we are the nation pose. I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know. I was like, is there something going on between these two that I don't know about? Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, no, no posing. 
No, no posing. Jesse's not a poser. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Oh man! Wow. So is that it? Yeah. Is that, that's I, all. That's all. I'm you out. I can't take anymore. I'm out. All right. So Nick. Yes, sir. How was your week, dude? I mean, Boy. I say that with all sincerity because I really, I mean, I kind of feel like um, I have to ask you because I just asked Jesse. So it would be fair. It would be, but you know, I. I really don't. I don't have anything. Nah. I went camping last weekend. Wait a minute. Who are you, and what have you done with Nick? I know. No, we got <laughs> back from the fun fly, and I was just like, I uh, annihilated. I've <laughs> been working on this freaking that video trailer for way too many hours. Oh, but it turned out so incredible, dude. Dude, that I'm trailer was worth without... every hour of your time. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> It, it was good. Like, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Uh, I'm not very efficient at it, like most things. So it took a lot longer than it should have. But, you know, in the end, I think I th- I'm happy that I, like, I feel like I captured the essence of, you know, what the event was about. Yeah. There was one thing about the video that could have made it better. What? Not having me in it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Not having you in it? <laughs> Dude, you know, what can I say? I, I was on you. I was on uh, YouTube tonight, by the way. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a little bit. Oh, yeah, a little teaser. <laughs> so, YouTube, So huh? you didn't want to be in a video, so now you're going to tell us so that we can all go click on it. And I distinctly and remember the last complaint you made to Nick in our meeting earlier of the week was that you there weren't enough scenes of you in it. Wait, no, no. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Sorry, no. of you flying. There you go. In it. There you still, go. Still. And 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 let's uh, let's tell everybody what did Nick say to me when I said that? Do you remember? Uh, you have to get it started. No, first? you know, that's not what you said. <laughs> you kind of paused and went, "Did you even fly?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did I even, dude, really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that. That hurts I had bit. my, I had my eye behind the camera most of the weekend, so I can claim that, <sighs> right? Yeah, whatever. How many times did you uh, completely trash the project and start over because you screwed something up on the video, Nick? Uh, actually, not once. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, no, I had it. So you're not a complete amateur then. No, not complete. I actually had uh, that last couple days, or no, let's see, not the last couple days, like that, you know how when you're getting prepared, like you think about actually starting, like a week before you go, okay, I'm going to get a bunch of stuff done now so that I don't have to do it at the last minute, right? Yeah, and then that falls through, it doesn't actually happen. Well, no, 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 so (laughs) I got pretty motivated and for like two days, okay? I started to get a bunch of stuff ready. Well, then there's that time period in between where you're like, wow, I got a bunch of stuff done. Now I can't do anything because there's certain things you just can't pack to the last minute. Well, I took that two days in between there and just kind of started messing around with how I wanted the trailer video in my mind to go and kind of worked on a layout, you know, in the editing program and started putting some of the music. So it was kind of weird i mean i did end up switching it around a little bit but it it gave me good direction yeah. when i got there so yeah dude i routinely scrap episodes and start over 
I'm still a noob. That's what I was expecting Nick to say. Yeah. It, it went better than I thought. And, and I do have to give huge shout out to Richie at Trek Pro Media for helping us out. That was, uh, that was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So no flying then uh, this week? Uh, no, I am. Let's see. Did I? No. Yeah. Nope. Hmm. Nada. But I'm all ready. I'm geared up. Ready oh, to yeah. go tomorrow. Dare I ask, Justin, no fly Poochie if he flew this week? I did. You did not. And yeah, and I, I, uh, it resulted in another crash. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> <sighs> Tell me about it. So, so, yeah, I was flying the electric, having a ball. I mean, lately. I've been getting that thing tuned in perfectly, running a lower head speed. It's just smooth. It's clean. It's awesome. So I'm having a lot more fun with it. And I was out on, I think it was my third flight. Yeah, third flight. Feeling a little bit more comfortable. I had warmed up on the last couple of flights. And so I decided, well, I'll play around with a couple of new things. Maybe even bring them down a little bit lower than usual. And I don't even remember what it was that I was doing, but... I got a little too low for for my comfort, and which got, is which is I think I was about four or five feet off the ground or so with the maneuver that I was doing, and I, I it was upright hovering. No, it was actually <laughs> nose in. It was nose in. You're right, nose Dan. In pitch pumps. Nose in pitch pumps. It was some That's sweet exactly ass pitch what pumps. What it dude. is? That should be crazy. <laughs> I got I got down four or five-ish feet or so, and it was um, it was just a dumb thumb. I was inverted, uh, thought I was supposed to go in one direction, went in the opposite direction. So what did I do? I decided to pull my bailout. So I, I grab a, a huge handful of bailout uh, because I'm running the, the Bavarian Demon, the SX with the bailout, and the engine starts slow or the motor starts slowing down. I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on here? Like, the bailout has a has a, a collective pitch to it as well, right? So you pull the bailout, it writes itself, and then it punches out to get you some altitude. And I'm thinking, you know, is it am I so low on my batteries that it can't handle just like punching out and the the motor's about to die? So I look down and I've got my hand on the throttle hold switch. Hmm. Not the bailout switch. Hmm. <clears throat> And of course, what I end up going to do then is I think, oh, I can still make it flip back out of throttle hold with Contronic's epically slow auto bailout, uh, which takes like six to eight seconds to get back up to head speed and pull bailout then. Well, it, w- it was too late. It was already on its way in and it went in under power uh, because I got my ho- my head mixed up on the damn switches. So Nick and oh, Jesse... Man. Tell me something. I'm just holding it back. <laughs> tell me, tell me something. Do you guys? Did you? Were you guys keeping a mental count of how many times Justin said the word bailout in the last thirty seconds? No, I'm <laughs> I'm picturing him flicking switches like that shit's a symphony orchestra. I like, was, dude. Click, you should have seen me. Click, I was click, like, click, dude, click, come click, on, click, come click, on, click, 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 click. It's like click, motors click, out. Click, I can click, see click. blades. <laughs> Flip oh, back. Good. 
jeez. Well, the the best part was the best part was Nick when I flipped the throttle hold initially, the motor's spooling down, right? And and then I realize I'm gonna pull bail out. Well, that didn't help. I pull bail out, and I've got like 600 RPM left on the head. That got me in trouble in a hurry. So yeah, it was an absolute mess. It was just just complete stupidity. I, I got a new nickname for you, dude. What? <laughs> Justin Bailout Bucci. I swear to God, that's your new favorite word. I mean, think about it. For you, you guys, you know, you guys are listening to the show. Rewind it. Rewind. Go back a minute, maybe two. How many times did I say it? And count the times he said bailout in the last two minutes. You tell me how many. I, I lost count at about 13. I'm just saying bailout, Poochie. I was just trying just, to emphasize the fact that that's saying. what I was going for, dude. Are you going to feel self-conscious now every time you use the word bailout? Or <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. I'll rock that shit. <laughs> uh, so, okay, I would like to take a moment to serious up about this because we had had this discussion yes we had no and i'm not laughing because this was like a genuine oh yeah oh yeah dude we all really wondered like okay someone this whole thing gonna work yeah how is this gonna work for someone who can fly already i mean by by all means you're a competent pilot you can go out there and (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 oh, no i mean you can dude that's that's you know you what can. that's that's pretty dick dude <laughs> you're a covid pilot you can go out there and, and no i'm trying to say that you can fly but then it's oh like well God. wait a minute because if we go back in episodes it's like every other one so yeah well i crashed but no you've had a bad you've had a bad string of luck but you're a perfectly competent pilot and i know that and everyone knows that but I'm, we had wondered, I'm being serious here now. Okay. We had wondered, where does this bailout come into play for someone who can, who's not learning how to fly, who's right. not learning inverted flying, who's not learning, you know, circuits or anything and, like that. And hasn't been using the bailout since their first hover. Yes. Right. It hasn't it's not, been using it's not it. that automatic. Yeah. It's a new feature. Yeah. But, but you've been actually using it. More, I mean, you have you have been using it now that you have it, correct? I have been using it. I haven't, to be quite honest, I haven't used it as much as I originally thought. And I think part of that is because um, I haven't really been flying enough consistently without testing, tweaking, or rebuilding to actually get into that nice comfort zone to start progressing again. It's only mm-hmm. been probably in the last 20 or 30 flights that I felt that way. Um, but but I have been using it, yes. And I, I've not made that mistake since the first time that you and I did the video for the Heli Command review when I went yeah. up to do an auto and oh, I and pulled yeah, bail yeah. out and my <laughs> motor kept going and the Heli went up instead of down. <laughs> Jesse, do you have anything to add to that? Well, no, it was, I mean, just, it just kind of goes back because that was during the time when we were, I was doing the icon, Justin was doing the heli command Mm -hmm. and yeah, we were just having this huge discussion where, you know, based on your flying style, you know, what, when's going to be an appropriate time to use it, I guess. And, and it boils down to what's going to be a safe time to use it also. Um, Yeah. Cause that, 
I mean, that could have ended up in quite the shit storm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if, if you don't mind me asking, how, how far, I mean, you were four or five feet off the ground. How far away from yourself were you? Oh, I was about 30-ish feet, I'd say. Okay. So, no, it wasn't, it wasn't all up ons, but yeah. it was close enough to the point where had I done another stupid thing in the string of already stupid things that mm-hmm. it could have gotten messy. Yeah. But in, in t- so in this case, this was like one case. And, and again, just one because it's, it saved you a handful of times since you've been. Oh, been absolutely. Yes. Yes. But this was one case where it actually increased the damage because you went in under power, correct? Yeah, because when I pulled it, I mean, it completely threw me off, guys. Like I'm looking at it and, I'm, and, and for the first like second and a half, which when you're flying feels like an eternity, you're mm-hmm. like, dude, the motor is not on and the head is slowing down. WTF. I could not make out what was going on. And then I look down and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, so it, it was it did increase the damage for sure, because I went in under power because I got my head mixed up. So I got the um, I got my nice uh, compass blades with their awesome safety wire wrapped around my head about 15 times. <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun. Oh, under power crashes are just. Strip oh. the main gear. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, I did fly and I did crash again, Dan. Uh, the rest of the week, though, was basically working on. So, you know, I crashed the gasser at our fun fly mm-hmm. and my nitro wouldn't start. And then I just crashed the electric. So I had to make a parts order. The parts have not gotten here yet. Uh, based on a, a joke that you had cracked oh, about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> However, luckily, I figured out the nitro. I mean, I took this entire freaking thing apart, dude. And and for the record, this is the first time I've ever pulled apart a YS. I'm new to YS. I had run OS before. So I, I wasn't all that familiar with, for example, the um, the regulator. Pulled that thing apart. Found a couple of what looked like debris in there. I don't know really whether it would have made a significant difference or not, but pulled it apart, put it back together, still couldn't get it to run. Then I changed out the head. Thank you, Nick. Nick uh, provided me with a spare head of his because I bought this engine used and it had a cross-threaded head from the glow plug. And when I changed the head out and installed the same glow plug again, it fired up immediately. Oh. So I think I just had an issue with the head where the cross threading, maybe, you know, maybe I had a a leak. It didn't seal perfectly um, and it was giving me trouble. So it's up and running again. Hopefully I can get out uh, tomorrow or Sunday because the weather looks to be great. Did you get the governor? I I got a text that you were having governor. So that figured out. Here we go. No, I couldn't (laughs) get the governor figured out. My Multigov Pro was working perfectly fine before all of this crap, and now it is not working the way it is supposed to work. So I've got to go back in and look at the programming, see if I didn't screw something up on that. I don't know what the issue is, but we'll see. We'll we'll get that one to work. And the other helis are just sitting there in pieces because I'm waiting on parts. I don't have enough parts to get the whole th- or both helis back in the air. But here's a positive thing from this week. Thank God. 
Yeah, there, there is. Yeah, there's one positive thing. <laughs> I was about ready to start drinking. <laughs> I already started, dude. Uh, so you know, last week we did a review on the, or we did a review. We did a, a news uh, segment on the Helibug Powerbug Alternator, the one that Carrie Shirley came up with and the Helibug guys uh, put together. And I was contacted uh, this week, and they're going to send a power bug to me to do a review for us on the show here. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. So Very hopefully good. that'll be in the mail uh, here pretty soon, and we can get it on the gasser. And once I get parts for the gasser to get it back in the air, I can start testing it out and letting you guys know how it goes. I'm super excited about this one because I've been wanting to get you know, Dan, you know what I'm talking about, the jewel generator yep. that Raja does. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to get one of those since I got the gasser. Not necessarily because I need it, but just because I want to be able to say I've got a generator on my helicopter. <laughs> and so uh, this one, I think this one will satisfy that, uh, scratch that itch. Oh, you should have called uh, Raja. I'm sure he would have cut you a deal on one. Yeah, that's a good point. No, he wouldn't have. I'm just, just saying that right now. <laughs> He was Thanks. just trying to be polite. Roger, yeah, Roger okay. doesn't yeah. cut deals for him. <laughs> <laughs> you know him better than I. Is anything flying uh, now? Or? Yeah, now the the nitro's flyable. Okay, the nitro's flying. other than the governor. That's not uh, other than the yeah, but that's not the end of the world. You went old. So. You went old school with it. Yep. There you go. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I had an interesting week this this week, guys. I um, uh, I flew a six hundred most of the week. 600 nitro. That? Why? Because my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? He says, a better question. <laughs> uh, I flew it because um, my 700s were both down. Why? <sighs> because they were. Mm-hmm. I had uh, some... I, I crashed one of them. So, yeah, I've got that going for me, which is nice. And... Uh, What'd you do? <sighs> Where do I start? Um, didn't happen to do with bailing out of, of something, did it? Week. Yeah, What's that? that was a big sigh. I said it didn't have anything to do with bailing out of something, did it? No, I don't bail out of shit. Yeah, you <laughs> you see that you made the wrong move and you just drive the fucker in. That's right, man. I just go for it. I go big or go home. If I'm going to go in, I go in big. Now, I um, so I had some issues. I talked about it last week with the clutch stack on the the main 700. That sounded like it was grind, like two scissors, like mm-hmm. every time it turned. I thought the motor was shot. I thought I'd heated it up and ran it too hot. And so I took that one apart. And, uh, well, I took it off the heli and didn't really do anything with it for a few days. And um, so I got a new rebuilt SR, uh, 91 SR. Uh, and it's supposed to have... As in you bought it or... No, I had it rebuilt. Oh, okay. I had one of my SRs rebuilt and some custom work done to it. Uh, a friend of ours up in the Pacific Northwest did it. And um, I was having some issues with that motor. Uh, the tuning, I just I couldn't get it figured out. So I was... <laughs> had a flame out with that motor. And it was just in a horrible position. Um, did, did this happen last week? I can't remember, but it happened sometime during the week. I think <laughs> it's like, I can't remember, but I was yeah, coming back together. and I, I was inverted and I was doing some like low rainbows, a couple of feet off the deck. And I was 
backward. I was inverted and I went to push forward, flamed out. And of course I had the, you know, it was all loaded up and I essentially blew all the head speed instantly, got it leveled out and it just kept tipping over and it just hit the blades, busted the blades, busted their bent tail boom up, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so that was down. And then uh, I took the one, the, the first one that I thought that with the clutch stack that was all nasty, took that motor apart and it, it's fine. The, you know, maybe a little bit more wear than I'm comfortable with on the ring, but I think it will do for a, until I can get a new ring. Uh, but in the meanwhile, I didn't put that heli back together. I got the other one back together. God damn, this is starting to get convoluted. But let's just say I got one of the 700s back together. I got the SR that has just been rebuilt, um, flying. And I was calling Nick today because I was just uh, baffled at this tune. It just was horrifyingly, it just felt rich. And I was telling Nick, I said, dude, this, the, the needles on this thing, they're like just at one on the high and one and a quarter on the, on the mid. And it's still not getting hot. You know, it's still running rich. I had a temperature gauge and it was, you know, pushing 140. Um, finally got it tuned up. And ready to go. But that's why I've been flying the 600 most of the week because... Your I mean, 90s have been giving you trouble. Right. Today, I just got the 90 all ready to, to rock. But the original question was, how did I... Did I think one of you guys asked me how I liked it, right? Or Nick said, how would you like it or something? We hadn't like even gotten that far, dude. I think, uh, I think we were still stuck on why. Well, that's why. So you got that out of the way. Got that out of the way. That's why I was flying it. And I got to tell you, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) What's it got in it? It's got an OS 50 in it. And it just feels like, it just feels like a dog. So I got, I've been flying that today. I got the, the other one flying uh, decent. And um, so now I've got the, the, the 600 and the seven, one of the 700s going good. And it's kind of exciting because uh, tomorrow I have two demos at two different events to do. Oh, nice. There's a, uh, at the the local airport, they're having an air show. They said, hey, why don't you bring one of your helis out and do a demo out here? And I'm like, sweet, I can do that. And later this, earlier this week, the fairgrounds called me and they said, hey, we're doing a motorsport show. We want you to come out at one o'clock and fly in between heats of the races that they're having, the motorsport races that they're having there at the fairgrounds uh, from one to four. And I'm like, sweet, I can do that. So I'm tomorrow morning at seven 30, I start at the airport and I'm there till noon. And at one, I go to the fairgrounds. And so I had to get one of the 700s going. That's why I was so adamant about doing it. But. Dude, it's like, you're like running no. the professional circuit here. You just can't <laughs> I mean, you've got, you've demo. got like a nine to five on Saturday for demoing. <laughs> Well, and then I'm going to swing by the president's house. Yeah, are they are they paying you? No, are they going to give no, you lunch? No. Well, lunch maybe I don't know, but um, I, I don't know. But it, it's cool because it's going to allow me to give some helicopter exposure to the area, right? And the cool thing about the motorcycle, which let's show, face it, isn't really all that difficult, <laughs> given that there are only like seven other people uh, in that area, dude. and they don't fly helis. I swear oh. to God, that was that was hard. Why do you why do you hate Montana so much, man? 
Do we need to? Do we need? To I have don't s- actually. I I think that it's a low hanging fruit on the the comedic tree. <laughs> it's easy to reach for. Oh yeah. So, but anyway, the the airport show. There's supposed to be three or four hundred people there. The motorsport show. There's supposed to be five or six hundred people there. So, bite me. All right. Uh, but all the motorsport show. State. I'm excited about because that's where all the gearheads are going to be. Right. The people that are going to be really. Oh into yeah, this. true, dude. And so I'm really looking forward to that. That was kind of cool uh, for, the, for them to ask me to do that. And that starts first thing in the morning. But something else kind of happened that was kind of cool today, right before we recorded. Well, earlier today, 7 o'clock. You guys remember CPO from our forums and various other forums that did that, mm-hmm. that build? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he's starting to do this. Um, he's calling it the Heli Hangout. It's like, I don't know. I'd never heard of Google Hangouts before. Have you guys heard of these before? Yeah, I've been following his thread. I wasn't able to get on, but yeah. Well, uh, just a quick rundown. It, it's uh, you can only have ten people in the in the room, but other people can can listen, I, I guess, and and be involved via chat. But uh, he just has invites ten people in, and we just sit around and talk about helis. And uh, there was cool. I got to meet some new people, and there were some uh, familiar faces from my past there as well. Uh, Dicey was there. It was kind of fun. We just had a little chat. I didn't know it, but it was being recorded, and it's going to be on YouTube. So, Justin, let me yeah, apologize in fact, to you in advance. He's already got it up, dude. <laughs> let me apologize to you in advance. I did throw you under the bus a couple times. Me? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was being recorded. So what the hell, dude? <laughs> About what? Uh, Are you even allowed to do that? I well, I don't even remember something about the bailout thing. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> no, fair. not throw Justin under the bus. I know you're allowed to do that, but are you allowed to record someone without them knowing? I it, it was probably written somewhere that it was going to be recorded. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, it turned out it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and uh, uh, his real name is Chris, by the way. Chris, thank you for for putting that on and. If you guys are interested in checking that out, apparently he's going to be doing one of those every two weeks. Uh, and it was just fun to, Man. to sit and chat. With and on the inaugural hangout, you you douche me, dude. <laughs> what the hell? I kind of did, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that stings, man. Um, I'm going to be there next time. <laughs> I'll get you back. It was a lot of fun, and um, you know, like I said, we got to meet uh, various other people and. And uh, they got, they all got to see Crooked Head and uh, Gyro. Oh, yeah. I put them up in front of the camera. There's my dog. <laughs> oh, it's a video deal, too? Yeah, it's like 10 chat. It's a video chat room, dude. Yeah, dude, I'm watching it right now. There's Dan and his cat. He's like the first thing that shows up when you press play. That's right, man. Yeah, Mr. I, you know what? I don't want to be on your video. Whole, like, I don't want to be on video. I don't want to be on yeah. video. Dude, I might have been I less inclined. I shorts on for this one. Oh, you just kissed your cat, Dan. See what I'm talking about? Do I want that shit on YouTube? No, I don't want that on Too YouTube. late. I had no idea. I'm, sh- I'm sharing it. <laughs> Too late. Yep. <laughs> this, this, this Facebook. Facebook. So, uh, so I kissed my cat on TV. What can I say? Internet TV. I like my cat. So, kiss my ass. Nothing. No one's going <laughs> to... No one's gonna bite on that. It's no? just weird. I don't even know uh, I, where I, this I was went. gonna say something. But Justin, you do it all the time. Who are you kidding? What? 
You grab your cat and pick him up and go, what are you doing, baby kitty? You do it all the time, don't you? Yeah, I like my cat. Yeah, see? Not much as a- anymore since I've got the baby, but yeah. <laughs> now the cat's we tend to be more of a pain in the ass than anything. So that's what I've been up to this week, boys. It's been fun. I had a good week. I mean, I finally got the the 700 flying again and... Yeah. So hold on, you have one seven hundred flying, right? I've got two. I got. I, I've got the the seven hundred and the six hundred. Yes. Okay. I, so I've, you I've, have a contingency so that if it goes in on your first demo tomorrow, which, you can still um, cover the afternoon show. I'm actually considering putting the six hundred in on purpose, right off the bat. Really? Just a wow. Mm. Interesting technique. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah that, that. Uh, it is unique. Uh, <laughs> it's not weird. That's one way to do it. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I know you don't like it, dude. But come on, <laughs> yeah, it's still a heli, man. And Ed's gonna go right, and he's gonna scare the shit. That's out of people. where you wow him. Okay, you get get Ed up on his 600. He'll put it in. <laughs> that's not gonna wow him. That's gonna send him running, and then Fred will be there with his six hundred as well. So, oh, that reminds me, dude. I saw two of the most impressive crashes today, back to back, two different helis, same pilot, one right after the next. I mean, one flight crash, next flight crash, two different helis. Uh, one of the guys I fly with, Dave. I don't know what the hell he was doing, but. All I saw was his 600 just like pummeling towards the ground, tail in, just straight. And it hit with such force that it just literally wrinkled the tail all the way up. We call that a shocker. That's a shocker. And then I was, uh, I didn't get to see the whole thing. I was in my trailer working on the, uh, I thought I was having some governor issues. So I had the the heli hooked up to the computer. And of course I got the, the door that, the ramp door. And all I hear is a heli like smash like out in the field. Just I could see it right out my door. I'm like, what the hell was that? And of course, the 500. He put his 500 in right after that. Wow. So yeah, two right yeah, in a row. That's rough. Real professional. My guess is he didn't want to have to. Justin? He he didn't want to have to fly. <laughs> he he didn't want to have to fly in front of all those people. And if he crashed all of his helis. He just got it out of the way. Of the yeah. way. He's, now he can just show up and have a good time, drink some beer. Now. Is that where you got that, that from? Putting in my uh, 600 right away? Yeah, just getting it out of the way. Yeah, but see, I'm not going to put the 700 in. I'm going to keep that one going. You don't You don't think you will. Yeah, you don't. Your luck. You're not <laughs> intending Stuff to. Stuff the 600. That doesn't mean anything, And then man. go out there and crash the 700. Exactly. <laughs> Acting all casual and everything about it. Like, oh, it's okay. I crashed. I'm cool. I got another one. <laughs> Boom. And then just drive that one into. Oh my God! Look at the pieces. <laughs> It'll just blow up in minutes. But you will probably have their attention because they'll be like, "He did it again." Oh, they'll yeah, all that, be watching. That guy, he's really good, man. Look at that. Those things fly or crash. <laughs> I'll be so confused. So I'm looking forward to this weekend, and uh, I'll tell you guys all about it next week. How does that sound? I'll take yeah, some pictures. Waiting with sounds good. I don't believe Faded you, Nick. But there is- I am. The way these stories have been going lately, you have me intrigued. Yeah, I don't even want to wait till next week. You call me like tomorrow evening. <laughs> let's yeah. let you know how it goes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure we'll hear about it. Um, I do want to mention one other cool thing that I'm doing, and I mentioned it before. 
uh, on the 20th of July this year, uh, this summer, this month, this soon. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, in, in two weeks. Uh in conjunction with the Hobbytown USA, which apparently Nick is a big fan of Hobbytown USA's, right? I hope yours is better than mine. <laughs> well, they are because they are going to have me do an intro to RC Heli Clinic uh, up at their uh, store on the 20th. And then we're going to go out to, there's a, a club out in Missoula. We're going to go fly out there. And there's already like 13 people signed up for it. And we're just going to kind of do a awesome. a brief, you know, go over the parts of a helicopter, you know, nothing real specific. Uh, do some demo flights on the 700. Get Let them all buddy box. We're going to buddy box Ed's 500. Ed doesn't know that yet, but thank you, Ed, in advance. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, That's awesome. We're going to get let everybody get a chance to get a minute or two buddy boxing on the 500. And then we're going to just kind of retreat back to the store and we're going to develop a plan of action based on what these people need and want to do. And we're going to do monthly clinics at the Hobbytown USA, build clinics, all kinds of stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to mess up all kinds of potential hobbyists. I was going to say, dude, there are going to be people rocking 24 degrees of pitch all over Montana. Putting in 600s just to wow people. All kinds of crazy. Yeah, this is how you got to do it. Uh-huh. First you do this, and then this. And then you just mix them all around and stir it up. <laughs> I got to say, I gotta say though, that the store owner is really behind this. He Because he has already ordered a 500, not only for him, but apparently another one for his manager that we're going to use as the demo builds. Like we're going to do a group build and then take them to the field. You know, that's, that's really cool. I got to say in all seriousness, it's good to hear that there's a hobby town USA out there like that. I think not surprisingly much like Nick's the ones around me leave a bit to be expected in terms of helis. Yes. Um, Not just in terms of the inventory they carry, but, the expertise that they seem to think they have. Well, I would agree completely because that is the way the other hobby shop in our local town works is they pretend like they know a lot about helicopters and give people all kinds of crazy wrong information. How many times have you been in there just like picking up some fuel tubing or whatever and you hear them give them advice and you just got to bite your tongue? Dude, have I I ever told you guys, have I ever told you guys about... You don't bite your tongue, Nick? (laughs) No. Do you really? just like Dude, interrupt the I conversation? Can't, I can't do that. I have to interrupt the conversation. One hundred percent. Yeah. Or you could do it correctly, and you could do it like this. Dude. Yeah. Guys, check this out. I, I may have told you this story before, and I don't know if I've said it on air or not. But I was in there one time, and the guy, and you know who you are, was working on a six hundred. <laughs> Called him out, and Ooh. um. I was there and just like checking it out and like, cool. And he picks it up and there's like three kids and one adult that were like, oh, this is, that's kind of cool. And he takes it out and I'm thinking, well, he's, he's just going to take it out because he wants to just maybe check the rotation or whatever, something simple in the parking lot. Nothing, nothing big. He sets it on the ground. There's me and four people standing five feet away from this 600. He takes three steps back. And he starts to spool it up. 
And I'm thinking, okay, well, he's got something else in mind. So I put my arms out and I backed everybody up. He proceeds to lift the 600 up. Now, imagine this parking lot, 200 feet long, 50 feet wide, two busy streets on either side, power lines, people walking on the sidewalk. He lifts it up, takes it above the power lines, does a couple flips, takes it over the street, oh, flies circuits. Dude, that would have been it for me. I cannot yeah. stand that shit. And then he lands it, and he looks around and goes, eh, yeah, it's fine. And I looked at him, and I'm like, really, dude? Really? Yeah. <sighs> anyway, but no, this 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 hobby shop, the, the Hobby Town USA, these guys, you know, he told me that people come in all the time asking about helicopters, and we just simply look at them and say, MCPX? <laughs> you know, we, that's all we know. And, and they want to desperately learn more in... When I introduced myself to them, uh, they were all about it. They jumped all over the opportunity to to uh, have some assistance in growing the heli hobby in whatever way I could help them. So I'm looking forward to it. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. But I think maybe it's time. I think we should do some news. What do you think, Nick? I think we better after all that. <laughs> Absolutely. Dan, I heard that HeliPros is moving, man. You know what, Justin? They did move. And our friends over at HeliPros wanted us to extend a thank you to all of their loyal customers for being patient with this move. That's right. And guys, don't worry. It's almost over. They should be open for business in July. So go to www.helipros.com. And remember, guys, fly hard. HeliPros has the parts. Alrighty, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What you got for news, Nick? All right, so SAB is going to be putting out uh, what's called a big belt upgrade kit for the Goblin 770. Man, this thing looks like one burly, burly belt. Uh, it's a main drive belt, so not a tail drive belt. Um, my guess is that they've had a little bit of issues with these just crazy monster motors that people are putting. I mean, this 800 class of, of helis has just gone insane uh, with, with the power. Everything's 14S, 13, 14, 15 horsepower. I mean, it's just silly. So this was definitely a, a needed upgrade for those uh, pitch-hungry and power-hungry people. But it's nice to see that SAB... Uh, recognize that and is dealing with it properly dude that looks like a belt off of a motorcycle that's how beefy it is (laughs) yeah i mean seriously they're not messing around that's for sure they should not have problems with this one yeah so we had talked about um this i mean out of out of right field comes the blade 700x pro series i mean wow uh, it was at XFC. Now they've got this out there. This is the real deal. Like it, it's coming out. Airframe. Seven ninety nine ninety nine. Oh, not bad at all. Combo kit, right? Pro series combo. Thirteen forty nine ninety nine. 
and that's mm-hmm. ready to fly ESC servos, blades, everything? I do believe so. Yeah, with the 7200BX, the new I do believe this has the new Spectrum servos, which if you have not seen these, they've got uh this wow feature that the wires actually plug into the servo. Oh dude, I saw that on Facebook. Edsel posted that. It looks awesome. Uh, yeah and i (laughs) so the the hobbyist in me and the crasher in me says this is the greatest thing in the whole entire world the person with an electrical background says this is a disaster (laughs) because it's it you know it's three more connection points between your fly barless system and the servo which a failure could happen Mm mm-hmm the loose pin connections can be ridiculously difficult to chase down. So if if they do the connection point properly, it's a game changer in my opinion. Like I think that if they do this if they do the connection point properly, my prediction is that 2014 all high-end servos will have this. Because it's it's that much of yeah. um a convenience factor. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, no more permanently cutting down the lengths. You know, because yeah, then it's like yeah, you, exactly. you cut down the length for one heli, you go to put the servo on another heli, say it's too short, now you have to make an extension. So Yeah, exactly. Or send them in, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I'm going to have you, to be convinced, though, that they get held in there pretty darn solidly. Shugu. Well, because yeah, glue them in. Shugu. Hot glue. Yeah, but you'd think that now that they're coming up with a design that, I mean, it's designed to be removed, they would have thought of that. So I'm really anxious to see what what is the retention system. Some type of locking mechanism or something. Yeah, like maybe you stick it in there and twist it and it locks or I don't know. I'm just. Yeah, it's it's got huge potential. Yeah, Uh, I think so. I mean, huge. So anyway, they've got. Now we've got some real, you know, up close and in-depth pictures of the 700X. Um, it, it's very, it's a, it's a minimalist helicopter. It does have a, a latching battery tray, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say standard, uh, but, you know, getting a lot more popular. Uh, it doesn't look like anything super crazy. They definitely did not go and reinvent the wheel with this one. I'm a little curious about the frame width because the motor can does completely sit inside the frames. Uh, hopefully they took into consideration, you know, the crazy big motors or else that's going to be a huge issue for people. Mm-hmm. If you can't stuff a 4530 in it, it's just not going to happen for a lot of people. Yeah. This was one that I would not be flying with the canopy off because it's ugly. <laughs> Yeah, the mm-hmm. frames. You're right. The frames are not, you know, visually and, and that's appealing. not. And I'll be the first person to admit that's not a fair, like, feature because it's not. They don't design them to be flown with the canopy off, right. so it really doesn't matter. But it's it's got an ugly stature without it. Although the canopy itself really doesn't look that bad. The no, canopy I, looks sweet, and it's got cutouts for cooling up in the front. It looks like, and I got man, I got to tell you. These helis, I'm still yet to, I want to see one in person. I mean, I really do. I would love to get my hands on one, see it, 
build it, fly it. But I, I might be making, you know, this statement might be a little bit too early since I haven't done that. But it does seem like Blade has really cranked up their game and are almost coming into their own. Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, they could potentially, I mean, they could give a line a run for their money because they're such a large company. Uh, production, I mean, this is right in there, dude. 1349. That is right in there. Oh, yeah. For price. Yep. Now, you know, Align's got an advantage. Obviously, they have the deal going with Castle. So, does this... I don't have any of the information at the moment on what speed controller is going to be in there. Does I think it it's have? all E-Flight stuff. Yeah, but see, like, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. That's scary. Well, even like Align, that... You know, the Align motors are not, I'm not going to call them fantastic, but I've had two of them. I haven't had any. Yeah, they have a reputation. Yeah, yeah. They're they're lower end, but they're not junk. You know what I mean? And, and at least Align was smart enough in saying, you know what? Anything that we get that's like bigger than a 500, I think we'll just go ahead and let someone else put the speed controller in it. Yeah. Yeah, and that is well. You that can is see problem. the motor in some of these pictures. It doesn't look like a motor it, like any other motor brand that there is out there. So maybe they do an E-Flight motor and they don't give you an ESC, or they get an ESC from someone else. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see though. Yeah, and then they had that whole like catastrophic thing happen with the six. Was it the five fifty? Yeah, five fifty. Remember X. about that? Yeah, yeah. They were doing the demos, and I guess. It, I guess all the prototypes, and this this happens, so you really can't blame, you can't blame E-Flight for it. You know, a large company like that will get, um, let's say, fifty prototypes, right? Probably not even that many. You know, probably like twenty uh, speed controllers from a manufacturer for all of the uh, alpha testing pilots and beta testing pilots to fly. So they fly the snot out of the th these things, and they're like, "Wow, they're great. No, no problems with it. Okay, everything's good." They send it back. They place the order to this manufacturer for, let's say, 5,000 of them. Well, somewhere between the pre-production and the actual production ones, the manufacturer decides to cut costs. They try to, you know, increase their profit margin by every last little cent because now they're making large quantities. And then, hey, what do you know? Now the CSC is garbage when it wasn't before. So that's, yep. I, I don't, yeah, that's, that's really a bummer to see that happen for, because I mean, it's completely out of the, it's out of the hands of the person that has to put their name on it until they put them out there and then go, Oh crap. You know? So, you know, I, I gotta say though, looking at it, even though the, the stature and the overall layout of the frame is not sort of as attractive as some other frames out there. They really did a good job of keeping it simple and from what it appears, at least keeping the parts count down. And I think dude, that shows yeah. up, dude, in the all up weight. I mean, they're they're claiming 11 to a little over 11 and a half pounds. That's awesome. That's I mean, it, dude, that's it looks solid. very minimalist. Yes, very. So, I mean, could they be? Could they be the next line? I don't know. I don't know if it's with this model. 
Hard I to say. Know. I don't know if this is the ticket yet. Well, and, but, you know what I think is going to have to happen is we've got to see how these things sell. If there's, yeah. I mean, if the market wants more from Blade, then they may they may start throwing stuff out there in you know direct competition with everyone else. Well, I, I don't. I guess that's one thing. The five. I I don't really feel like people went out and jumped on the five fifty. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree. So they've got five fifty. The six is the six hundred actually out or just still coming? I, I think, think that was still. just announced. Yeah, I think it's yeah. still coming. So once they get all these out, they've kind of like played their cards because they've got four fifty x, five fifty x, six hundred x, seven hundred x. Then is it just sit back and see? I think yeah. I think it's you know, sit back and build yeah. a build a consumer base. I think it's. I personally think, and it looks like they've started to do it with the whole XFC thing, but I think it's build a team and prove it now. Yeah. Well, and I, I just think, like, you, you look at this model, and it, it seems to be a lot more on par with other models out there. Or when I look at the 550, the 450, and all those, I, that's not my first impression when I look at it. You know, that this this looks like a, a much more solid build heli. Yeah, it... It's, you know, the only downfall, and I shouldn't say this is a downfall because we've seen, you know, what happens when you go crazy with the design, you know, Kasama, Avant, companies like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. They just over-engineer it. This looks very, this looks very simple, very minimalist, very, you know, just cut and dry, basic, nothing fancy. And that's, man, that's hard because there's, there's. There's numerous models out there that are nothing fancy that are decent and reliable. Yeah. So what's going to be the big, you know, uh, You why? can buy parts at every Hobby Town USA. Everything. Yep. Horizon distributorship is huge. If and they if make they, it, that's the ticket. Yeah. I think that they're going to have to put these in the hand. I personally think that they are going to have to build a flight team. And, mm-hmm. and not just a flight team, but a rep team. Like a good, solid team team yep. and get out there and have these at all of the fun flies and I'm, I'm not talking like demo guys i'm talking just regular good solid rep team yeah and actually really prove it and show people that week this in is a week good, out yeah, yeah week in week out it, it, this is going to be your 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 replacement for your t-rex 700e you know because you might not like a line anymore or whatever yeah Yep. Um, I don't know. Got you a see a blade potential. tattoo in your future, Dan? No. I don't see a blade tattoo in my future. Well, what's your take on all this? You're silent, man. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't want to jump on the bandwagon. I don't. I don't want to bash it. But I just. I just don't have a lot of faith in blade. I just don't. Based on previous personal experiences, based or on just... yeah, other helis that I've owned that have been blade-ish quality. Uh, I know it's a different machine it's a whole different ball game but i just really need to kind of take a hide and watch approach now yeah i would love to see uh, the local hobby hobby town usa get one and just have it and just have it for, at least so i could see it yeah um i wouldn't be against trying one i mean no. it's just gonna have to be a a wait and see i mean it's not like 
you know, you can tell me that a line or any other outfit that we all are familiar with puts out a new heli. I mean, there's a certain reasonable expectation that I'm going to be able to buy this machine and it's going to function. Yep. Yeah. I just don't have that reasonable reasonable expectation with a blade. Well, because it's so. They haven't a big had that. jump. Yeah, this there's no it's precedence for them show. in this category. Yeah. Which and it's, makes me want to just kind of take a hide and watch. I mean, I don't want to discourage that's, it. That's a lot of people's approach. And maybe that's why the sales haven't just blown out of the market because everyone's like, well, I, I see it. I like it. But, you know, uh, I'm just going to sit back and see how they Let do. Someone well, else. that's also why they need a team. Yeah. That's exactly because right. they you need have to, to have a group of people it. that can go out there and beat the tar out of this thing and prove it to the consumer that it can handle it. And not just, you know, you know, one thing that kind of bothers me when you get to uh, my concern with with like building a team on this is like the whole the whole like are you know if they build a team and they have these guys out there is it going you have to watch it with the larger companies and their quote-unquote teams it's requirements to fly those specific components like you know so you have to fly what's in the pro series combo kit well that's not really realistic i want to see someone uh, a, a regular rep come out with uh, you know, with a freaking cos or with a Contronic on the front of it, and a forty-five twenty-five five twenty LE, and and spin that thing at twenty-three or twenty-four, and just beat the honky chicken shit out of it, and then see it hold up. Yeah, I, I don't want to know what it'll do with some busted E-flight ESC in an E-flight motor. You know, I want to. Is it going to hold up to what I, as a consumer, want? Industry to put standard, in? nearly. Yeah, I, exactly. And that, that can be the only thing that's like, yeah, okay, about, you know, about these big teams as they get so caught up in, well, we sell the whole package that that's all they'll let you fly. Yeah. We will see. Yeah, okay. I've been thinking about getting an electric, guys, and I got to tell you, I... I'm getting a little tired listening to Nick and Jesse go on about their awesome charging cases. Justin, I'm thinking about getting myself a cage threat, man. What do you think about that? Dan, seriously, that is the last charger you will ever need. I mean, we're talking 2,000 watts of power out of a Meanwell power supply that goes into the iCharger 4010 Duo. And the screen is even detachable. So I suggest that you head over to ProgressiveRC.com and get one today, dude. Obviously, very popular in Europe, have now built and announced um, uh, they're they're forming a U.S. flight team, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. They're, so there looks like the the original people on the team consist of AC Glenn, John Johnson, Opinion, Courtney. Yes, I, I don't. Is it Pruitt? I think Pruitt. so. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, Courtney Pruitt. So because uh, we all know Courtney, say hi. We. You know, chit chat on Facebook all the time. Uh, Jeremy Strickland and Ryan Witchy. So, congratulations, you guys. I, I mean these these guys have been all flying these for for quite some time. Uh, I think it's really cool. 
that that OptiPower is moving in any any sort of competition is good. I agree. I've been hearing yeah. a lot of good stuff about these batteries, and it's just not. I have some. Do you? I'm gonna and uh, and uh, do you uh, like them? I don't know if you guys know this, but RC Heli Nation was one of the first group of people in the states to get our hands on OptiPower packs. Rob was a big OptiPower dude, huh? Yeah, we uh, we were working pretty close, and we introduced a lot of those pilots that are currently flying those um, to OptiPower. And we actually had sent packs, or had Andy send packs to a few people that I don't know if they are still flying them, but yeah, I had, I had some of them and Rob, I had actually had some OptiPowers for the fusion. Rob has OptiPowers for his, uh, his, uh, X five. And I still have two of the OptiPower, uh, flight packs or, uh, RX packs. Hmm. Thoughts. Thumbs up, thumbs down. <sighs> you going to make me do that. I just did. Well, yeah, but is it fair? Because that was how yeah, long Yeah, they could ago? have changed. I mean, so much stuff has changed. I think they're decent packs. Um, I think that uh, I, these this was quite a while ago. Um, I will say that my flight packs or my RX packs uh, that generally don't take a lot of abuse did puff up fairly rapidly. Take it for what it's worth. I mean, I don't, I don't want to discourage anyone from trying them, but uh, I know a lot of maybe people it was the previous generation, though. That's I do, fair. I do know that they put a lot of time and effort into their um, research. I know he's, you know, they do they produce uh, fuel over there as well. You know, he's he's a chemical engineer, and he is the one thing that they do is all of their research and all of their testing is completely open. It's all open book. It's all on their webpage. You can get the results for anything that they've done, good, bad, or indifferent. So they're very open about what they've done with their packs, who's flying them, how many cycles, what type of flying. All that stuff is available to you. So That's cool. You know, and these guys that have been flying them have been having good luck with them. We've got some results back. Four. Um, by the time everyone hears this, they'll they'll be the rest of them. But as of right now, we have the results for the first day of set maneuvers mm-hmm. for Heli Masters. Oh, Did yeah. you guys, have you guys been watching live? I have been. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's kind of neat. It's a little the uh, dull at the moment, just because you know it's it's they're so far into the prelims, and this is just pre round stuff. So they're not cranking up the commentary, but it is kind of cool. In first place, Kyle Dahl. Nice. Yeah. Nice, Kyle. I'm, I'm really shocked to see Jamie in 11. Yeah, way down there. I'm, I'm shocked to see a couple of those people where they are, man. They're going to Tiger Woods that shit, though, dude. Oh, yeah. Like you said, <laughs> it's early. They're going to come back yeah. on Sunday. Where he's probably holding back. He'd be like, he's going to oh, wear the red yeah. shirt on Sunday and just take that shit. Bosch and Brothers, dude, are representing, though. Look at that. Yeah. Second seriously. and That's, fourth, bringing it. They have, they are moving up. Oh, yeah, dude. Big yes. time. And they have been consistently. But 
Okay, here's another one. Timo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yep. he's usually t- top, like right at 10, right around there. So that's pretty, uh, man, I don't know. Kyle Stacy down in 16th. Daniel Katzoff in 18th. 18th, yeah. Kenny Coe. I didn't even know he could. Oh, yeah. I didn't either. And Bobby Watson, 22nd. I didn't know he was still competing either. Well, I'll be. I think I read in the Facebook post that this is going to be his last uh, competition. Oh, yeah? compete with these kids now, man. Yeah, he's moving into aerial photography. Hmm. Yeah, he just did a big, I want to say, was that for Oakley? Yeah, some. Yep. Yep. Tournament of sorts. I don't know what it was. Yeah, it was a big aerial tour. photography video. See, that's the kind of thing about living in the states that we just get the shaft on. Is while they're doing this whole, you know, circle jerk on when are we going to be able to to actually do aerial cinematography and have an official business and make money. The guys here are just flying all over the world and doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They're not waiting. Yeah, they're not waiting because, yeah, you can go do it everywhere else and it's awesome and the footage turns out absolutely incredible and it's taking commercials and trailer videos to a whole new level, but, oh, no, we don't want to do that here. <laughs> no. Sorry. It's kind of a sore subject with me. <laughs> yeah. But, all right, are we ready? News of the week? News of the week. Let's hear it. News what is it? News of the week. For all of you who noticed, Minister Eric, I put out a little thing. Who? Who? Fourth of July. Who? Minister Eric. Yeah, can you spell that? Miniature aircraft. I can write it down. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Right, right, right. Okay. Remember, though, right. they used to make Come helicopters. Come on, catch yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they, they said they were going to do a big announcement, Fourth of July, and they did. And finally, finally, after all these weeks of listening to us talk about some secret squirrel we can actually talk about it. you know the yep. squirrel has been released That's well no right. sorry let me i gotta choose my words carefully it hasn't yes. been released the squirrel has been announced yes <laughs> yeah justin and i have been for uh quite a little time now been working with miniature aircraft and doing uh redesigning the whiplash electric for them so pretty proud to announce that finally they have a whiplash 700 ex absolutely and we have taken into consideration all of the previous feedback and complaints and comments and concerns from the original version i think this one is it's it's been uh it's been a lot of fun it's been a challenge what has it been nick easily six months Yeah, somewhere around there. I mean, we've been wanting to do this, you know, me and Justin. It it was just kind of like, oh, hi, my name's Nick. Hi, my name's Justin. So when are we going to build some cool shit together? It was just. Yeah, exactly. From the moment we met, it was like, all right, we're going to get there. We're going to do it. We just didn't know when and where. And, you know, uh, luckily, Minister Aircraft was in a little bit of a bind. They needed some designing help. And, you know, we happened to be right place at the right time. They put some faith in us and we put some faith in them and it's uh it, it's been a challenging project it's it's almost you know 
creating something from scratch is actually a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Than trying to redesign something because you have to you have to kind of try and get in the head of the original person who designed it or designers. And then, you know, the the constraints in which you you can't just say, well, I just want to do this and that's what you're going to do no matter what. Because there's, you know, there's cost and then there's, well, if we change it too much, it's not really a version two. So you kind of have to pick and choose. There's a balance. You know, there, there it's is your a balance, standard yeah. balance of engineering and business. And for all the people out there that'll look at it and say, oh, that wasn't enough of a change or we really wish you guys would have changed that. You know, Nick and I went back and forth countless hours on SolidWorks and with the team and a number of different people. And like he said, constraints are there. That's the reality of it. And so what we think we've got is the best that, that uh, we can do. And hopefully everyone will like it. Yeah. We made a list. We sat down and we made a list and we, we got, it, it was really funny when you get the, a team together and you're like, all right, so what's your guys complaints about this helicopter? And it's like, everyone's really quiet. It's like, no, no, no. Okay. No one wants to talk. Yeah. We're not oh, fishing awesome. to see it's who awesome. gets fired first. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's behind closed doors. We're not at the field, guys. Yeah, no. So they, you know, they kind of started to trickle in just a little bit. And then it was like, all right, all right, come on here. You know, let's let's go. No holds bars. And so we just, you know, we went searching and found all of, you know, the complaints, the largest of the complaints. And we, we wrote down a list and. Um, I, I really don't feel that there was anything on that list that got missed. Um, yeah, I mean, we completely redesigned the frames so the packs are side by side. It's a it's a hybrid vertical horizontal battery tray. Uh, we went all helical on the uh, the main drive gear, so pinions helical, twenty degree helical. Uh, changed the gearing on it to kind of more cater to like you know the the hot rod motors, five twenty kV, five thirty kV. Um, oh, jeez. Updated uh, Sprag system. That That's the, the transmission the is redesigned, so you're not going to run into the same slipping and damaging of support bearings that you may have previously. It's a fully sealed, maintenance-free, lubricated radial and Sprag combination bearing. Uh, yep. A lot tighter tolerances, so that's going to make my a huge part. difference. Dude, huge that's difference. my favorite because that's you your favorite one? Oh, dude, that well that in the combination of the helical Yeah, gear, I was going to say the helical's my favorite. Anyone that knew that that has owned a whiplash or been at the field or or even been in the same county, <laughs> you know, that there was a whiplash, you knew that it was fine because that gearing it, it was it would talk back to you. You know, it was just noisy gearing. Mm -hmm. Um this thing's freaking sweet. Oh, smooth. dude. For those of you who are at the RC Heli Nation Fun Fly, the score was there. You may not have heard it because <laughs> yeah. I was running helicals on it, and it is just awesome. Yeah, the frame design, we really tried to, uh, you know, we, we tried to make every last little square centimeter of carbon fiber count. So we did remove, uh, we, we actually removed a fair amount of carbon fiber and put it in places that structurally made a little bit more sense. We, we put a lot of effort into uh, the shear strength of the frame set. So, you know, the your tail support rods are not stiffening the frame. The frame is stiff enough on its own, and it's actually holding the tail in place. And what, what we found, 
feedback wise from from all the team guys and the guys on the alpha uh, testing team, the beta testing team. It's just crazy. I, I've never, uh, okay, to be fair, I've never been able to do this before, but uh, I think we kind of shocked ourselves when we just swapped oh, yeah. frames. Like the first step was Dude. just the frame swap, and everything was like, oh, my God, wait a minute. Well, everything how, how? else the same, same gearing, same everything. All it was was a frame swap with the new battery setup, better CG ability, and stiffer layout and dude it made a huge difference everyone unanimously said rates feel higher tail performs better they had to go back and tune their fly bar list down uh, a number of points on stop gains for the tail i mean the thing flips and rolls faster it's just it's awesome it's a setup that makes you know when you stiffen something up a lot and then you comp, you try and compact everything. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the stiffness and the batteries being moved to yeah. side by side. You make your fly barless controller work less. That's right. To do to do the same thing. So it's uh, yeah. I mean it, it's cool and it's still the, you know what we we really tried to take into consideration is that this is still a miniature aircraft helicopter. You know this is not like. Nick and Justin's helicopter. This is us doing our part to help them do a version two of what they already have. So it's still, it's still got that that whiplash, you know, aura about it. Uh, it's still a big heli in the air. Uh, luckily, it's not, you know, uh, it's not a big tank. <laughs> nope. Um, it it's just yeah. I, I mean, I'm really happy with the way that it that it turned out. So if you guys are Minair fans or you know, maybe you were Minair fans, and then, you know, uh, I think we can all be honest and upfront. Some of the stuff, you know, that a lot of people had hoped to get resolved uh, didn't for quite some time. Um, give it another shot because, you know, we, we put our fair effort into it. I like to think that we don't completely suck. Yep. I, I think you guys are going to like it. Sweet. Yeah. That's the news of the week. Dude, I got some news. What do you got? It, it, well, it's less news and more uh, information. News? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I actually, it might be more of a complaint than anything. Hmm. I can't help but wonder. Last week's episode, in particular, I I, I want to know how it is. Justin or and and Nick can go off on a particular machine. And yet, when the hate mail comes in, <laughs> it's it's me. <laughs> oh yeah, we that gets got, named. We got a few hate mails, didn't we? <laughs> so, you know, I, I just want to say we encourage it. I appreciate it. Uh, we like to hear from you guys, regardless. But when you're when you're gonna when you're gonna try to pin somebody down for saying bad things about a particular machine just just make sure you're listening close enough to find out exactly who said it <laughs> and and when you do that be sure that you mention that person or persons just just a little heads up just hey, just Nick, saying did did we just get thrown under the bus there i dude we got chucked <laughs> way <laughs> I, under the bus. I, yeah <laughs> I've got a tire mark on my face. I just, I just was shocked. I, I was like, "Well, that's cool." I mean, I can appreciate the, the letter, but um, really, 
<laughs> I I kind of just remained silent through that whole thing, listening to Nick and Justin go off, and then I'm the one that gets nailed for it. But uh, you know, I guess that's my burden, right? So that's all I got. Yeah, I'm I'm cool. I don't I don't get much. To, I don't get much hate mail. I which is weird because I feel like I should. That's because they're afraid you'll bark you'll bark back at them. Yeah. I guess. No, I'm I'm the first man, all these guys know. I am the first person to admit when I'm completely wrong. If we don't get to it first. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. If it for some odd reason if it slips slips by. All right. Uh, Does anybody else have any news before I move us along? I'll take that as a no. This week's news has been brought to you by Helidaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. I have to admit that now that I've had my goblin for a couple months, it's really kind of starting to grow on me, with the exception of one thing, loading the battery. The guys at KDE, they addressed this issue. They made a removable battery tray. If you've got a goblin, this is your number one must-have upgrade. That sounds good, Nick. And if you're interested in any of the other upgrades that KDE has, visit their webpage at www.kdedirect.com. So, guys, we got a lot to fit in this last segment of the show. So we're going to kind of run through it really quick. First of all, Jesse, you went to Brooks last week. I did. Tell us about it. How fun was it? You guys missed out. Did we really? You guys did. It was a great event. I heard there was a lot of people there. There was. There was probably 75 to 80 registered pilots at nice. the event. So nice. It was, it was quite an impressive flight line when you get that many trailers all lined up. So Sweet. It was like a chore to walk from one end to the other, you know, catching up, talking to everyone. So I heard uh, our buddy Michael put one in the drink. He did. That is quite a... <laughs> I really can't even think about that story without just cracking up laughing. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to tell it? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Or do you want to play the? Um, you know, I tell you what. Why don't we do that? We've got some interviews um, that Jesse did, and we're going to play them over the next few episodes. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with this. Uh, this is an interview. I guess it's with with uh, Helia, right, Michael? Yep, it is with Michael. So we're going to play that, and maybe one or two others, and then we will be back right after. That. All right, guys, here at the Brooks Funfly in Brooks, Oregon, as you know, and I'm sitting here next to Michael. I mean, you guys might know him as Heli Yah on our forums and Heli Freak. So, Michael, how's it going? Are we getting some flying in this weekend? I got one flight in today. One flight in today on which Heli? Uh, the one that's now underwater. The one, the one that's underwater? You know, that is the first time I have ever ever heard a response like that so you're gonna have to fill us in you know there has to be a story that goes with this so-called underwater helicopter it started with a, a failed power loop and uh, I instinctively hit throttle hold and uh, the problem happened when I couldn't come out of throttle hold because I wasn't set up for that so it basically it was a blade stop and uh, everybody kind of watched it just go down behind the trees, and as I hacked my way through the berry bushes to find it, I found out that there's about uh, 40 feet of, uh, like it's a slough, and it's all just marsh, basically. And uh, so it's, it's underwater there, uh, 
probably resting peacefully at this point. So just to get this straight, the heli is still currently, like as of right now, you're sitting here nice and relaxed in your chair, back in the pits, and the heli is still out there underwater. Uh, my friend here, he's threatening to bring a guy in with a scuba gear to, to find it. Uh, I get, apparently the guys does salvage uh, stuff, so we might, we might, uh, there might be hope. So it, it's, it's kind of sad. To me, it, it's sounding like a write-off, but... And that, that's pretty rough, I got to say. Well, do, I mean, do you have any other helis here? What, are, what else are we flying? I got a 700 uh, that I just built, and we're trying to figure out a tail wag issue on that. I've got a 550. I have to change out the, uh, the hub on the uh, auto rotation uh, because it's uh, currently locked. But I, I do have two helis I can fly. I'm just kind of uh, trying to work my way through the, the grief and, and, and wrench right now. So, Yeah, definitely. We're just... Uh I mean, you're, you're flying an Icon on the T-Rex 700, right? Correct, correct. Uh, all three of them. All three of my helis have Icons. Okay, sweet. Yeah, it's a really solid flywheelers unit. Let's, uh, let's hope here with a little bit more tuning we can get all those tail issues worked out and uh, hopefully get you back in the air. And if all goes well, potentially maybe we can even you know, do a little expedition and go find that 600 heli that's underwater. Yeah, I could uh, actually hook up a dredge to my 700 and t to find the 600. <laughs> I guess that would be one possibility. Well, I think I'll let you get back to wrenching, but uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, Michael. No problem. Thanks, Jesse. All right, guys, sitting here in Brooks, Oregon at the Brooks Fun Fly. It is now Saturday night, and I think you guys might recognize this next person I'm interviewing. We have Patrick here from KDE Direct, supporter of the nation. How's it going, Patrick? Oh, it's going awesome. Thanks for having me here again, Jesse. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the weather was great this weekend. We definitely could not have asked for a better weekend to fly some RC helicopters. Oh, I know. I mean, for us, if it's not raining, we're flying. And uh, free Florida guys, man, we've been, it's been humid and hot, so we know what it's like, I think. I know it's hotter down there, but man, it's good enough for us. I mean, this, this has to be what it's like. If it's worse than this, I honestly don't think I could do it. This is about as bad as it has to get. Yeah, just uh, go out to Indiana sometime in the Midwest. You know, those guys will call us crybabies, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, Patrick, did you get in? I mean, obviously, we had to take advantage of this awesome weather here in Brooks. Did you get in some flying today? Oh, man, a lot of flying today. And uh, been here since Wednesday morning. First one's rolling in. So, I think by the time we go home, all our batteries are just going to be toast. I don't know how many battery flights we put on those things, but it's been fun. Yeah, definitely. I know I got in like 14, 15 flights a day. I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, the weird part is, is you had to take a break because it was just so hot at about 11, 11 o'clock to 3. It's like you try to fly your heli, you almost have to at least take the canopy off just so everything doesn't overheat and shut down. Did you guys, I mean, did you guys have any problems with that? Yeah, we had a couple thermal shutdowns on guys running like 120s on pretty big motors, stuff like that. Um, even I'm landing like a Cosmic 200, and it's running fine, but a couple times it was pretty toasty. I mean, that warm weather makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely. I mean, things are shutting down. That I mean, usually we're just beating these helis, and, you know, we're not having an issue with anything, but you start getting this 95-degree weather, and, man, stuff starts heating up, and all of a sudden the temps, you know, shoot way up on these speed controllers and motors, and stuff just starts shutting down. So I got to ask, I was watching, you know, probably only 20 30 minutes ago i th i think there may have been a crash recently <laughs> and i i feel like you you may have been the pilot of that heli when it went down i mean what what happened 
Yeah, I like to sneak out there like right when you know it's going down at dusk and just start doing some speed races for fun and uh, totally just oh, it could have been way worse. Power cut out and it floated down. Well, floated my floating. It yeah. kind of tumbled out of the sky. But walked up to it, it was pretty okay, you know, blades, boom, nothing major. It could have been a total re-kit. Yeah, I, I saw that. It was a long ways away. But like you said, when you have a shutdown, you, you kind of just have to go with what the hell he's doing, and you really just have to put it down and try to do as the least amount of damage that you can. Yeah, and you know, my autoing skills are not that great anyway, so no matter what happens when power goes out, it's going to be most likely something's going to break for sure. But, I mean, that's that's got to be the one positive of flying with a lot of head speed is when the power goes out, you got plenty left to land. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank God for electrics, man. If that was a nitro, it probably would have burned in bad. <laughs> I just know it. So, as far as KDE goes, I mean, is there anything, you know, in the near future that we should be looking forward to? Any, you know, big products coming out that you want to give a quick shout out to? Yeah, you know, well, um, right now Goblin's got a lot of, you know, popularity behind it. So we have a new um, ESC tray coming out for the 630, 700, 770 series. And the whole concept is to allow it to fit the ICE, or excuse me, the Edge 160HV, or even the Cosmic 200. It'll actually fit in the lower tray now. You don't have to try and, like, monkey it in there, bust out your Dremel and start grinding, which I did when I first got the kit. <laughs> and uh, so that's coming out pretty soon. It's a two-piece design, and you got a lot of options there. And a little bit lighter, and you can really fit all kinds of speed controls and not have to think about it anymore. Sweet, dude. That sounds real good. Definitely something to look forward to for all you Goblin owners. Well, Patrick, thanks for taking the time. It's always great when you come out, you know, support the Northwest events, uh, local guys. So it's real good to catch up with you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jesse, and good flying out there, man. You're ripping it up. It's awesome. Definitely. You hear that, Dan? That compass is flying awesome. <laughs> there we go. Patrick with KDEDirect.com. All right, guys. So I'm here at the Brooks Fun Fly in Brooks, Oregon, and I'm standing right here next to Carl. Carl, how's it going? It is going just fine. Thank you very much, Jesse. So how's it? I mean, are you getting some flights in today, man? The weather, I mean, it's got to be, what, 85 degrees out here, not a cloud in the sky. You getting some flying in? Uh, definitely. I come to fly. I don't like to tinker. <laughs> yeah, I totally hear you there. That's you, you may have heard. I mean, you're a listener of the podcast, right? That would be correct. Oh, that is awesome. So you probably heard, I don't really like to wrench either. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I came out here with this plan that, you know, I never sit down and really look over my links. I never lube anything. And I thought maybe this would give me the time to do that. And I said, screw that. I'm just going to fly. See, but un unfortunately <laughs> for me, I did have a, a crash this weekend. So oh, it couldn't it couldn't all be avoided. I did have to wrench a little bit. Uh, no crashes, right? What was that? Was that a, oh, I haven't crashed, yeah. except the MCPX, but that doesn't count. Yeah, that, does, that doesn't really count. I guess tech, I mean, if we're asking Dan, that's not even a real heli. You're not even technically flying a heli. Yeah, it's pretty much a quad. <laughs> we're, put, we're putting that in the quad <laughs> level. Uh, so so how far did you have to drive to get here? Are you local? Or? Uh, I'm down from Portland. It's just like an hour. So this is like really the one event I get to a year. So I always look forward to it. Okay. So is this your home flying field here? Is this where you come? No, no. We uh, I got kind of a little rogue field up in North Portland uh, that's kind of unsanctioned, but we have permission from a private owner. Uh, so yeah, I don't really have a proper club. Ah, uh, okay. So do you, I mean, do you get out and fly quite a bit or just here and there? 
No, I'm like full-time dad, full-time worker, so I get out like every three or four weeks for a couple hours, so... Nice, nice. I don't know if that makes me 99%, 98%, or where in the scale. Yeah, kind of, it definitely, you got a number. For, let's, let's just leave it at that, so. All right, Carl, well, it was good talking to you here, and, well, let's get out there and do some All flying. Right. Hey, nice talking to you, Jesse. Hey, I'd like to do a shout-out to Sean and Jessica Whitney. Um, Jessica's birthday was tonight, so Sean couldn't be with us on this trip. Normally, he's at every fun fly, but her, her birthday was much more important. So, happy birthday, Jessica. Yeah, Dude, that was... That. Have you ever heard of a story like that? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, basically, I, I just can't believe they're not looking for it. Uh, he, I think that, dude, he that's totally, what got me. He totally he said that's a sacrifice to the heligods, but he's already got a replacement. He does. I did not know that. Yeah, he he was telling me yesterday, and he show, I had made him send me pictures of him holding it, the box, open box, in his house... And I even went so far as to say, put a newspaper with today's date visibly. Yeah. <laughs> he bought a Goblin 500, dude. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I I think that looks like a pretty sweet. I did get a chance to fly one of those last weekend. Yeah. Oh, you did? I I did get a chance you didn't to tell uh, me this. put a couple flights on a Goblin 500 last weekend. And? But better than a 7? Oh, I've never flown a Goblin 700. That's right. You never... You didn't. You Nick, Nick never let me touch that heli. I don't know. Why. He had this weird thing with that heli. He's like, <laughs> you can fly all these other helis, but you can't touch that one. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a. I gotta say that is the size. Like, if you want a heli that you're gonna grab, you know, still has a pretty large presence in the air, you can still put a pretty powerful uh, power system in it, and it that thing goes. But it's a goblin. But it is a goblin, and only turkeys fly gobblers. But does it look better aesthetically in the air than the 700? Or no? No. It's just, it's the same proportions, just shrunk down. Yeah. It's the same um, exact heli. I haven't flown one, but I've seen them fly locally. It yeah, looks the I mean, same, Nick. I mean, the thing... The in thing fact, rips. from afar, you can't tell what size goblin it is. No. Uh, Ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sweet. So what else happened out there? So, yeah, Brooks? so... Well, and then besides my crash, you know, I crashed as yeah. well. We already talked about that. We, we can talk about it again, though, if you'd like. No, no, no. I mean, really, we <laughs> do not need to bring that up again. Um, I want to so, yeah, see was, a slow motion of the mushroom cloud. Yeah. Dude, that was the greatest was, dirt. But surprising, the heli, like, wasn't that dirt. I mean, it wasn't as dirty as you would have thought. Oh, yeah. It wasn't, right. a, it wasn't a nitro. Oh, so the, You yeah, know, the that, dirt didn't just stick everywhere to that's, it. So. That's good. So yeah, it wasn't electric. It was you know pretty clean, not dirt stuck everywhere. So I wasn't cleaning it for hours and hours. But so yeah, that was good. Um, See, so yeah, other than that, there was you know the Ken from Lower Heli was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tammy's Hobbies was there. You know, bringing the parts support in. So that was a, that was good. I uh, I definitely bought some stuff from Ken this weekend. So it was you know it was really good. He was there, and I got to mention. You know, after our fun fly, you know, and all the success that we had with the competitions, it was nice to see some another unique competition at this fun fly. They did a bomb drop. So what this was, it was a Ken from Lower Heli who supplied it is he had this little. Little RC mechanism, I guess, for lack of better words, that you would go and he'd attach it to your boom supports. And then he had this really old, you know, the old FM style transmitter. 
And so this was a two person competition. One person was the pilot and one person had this transmitter and you had to stay like 15, 20 feet up in the air and fly over and try to, you know, the other person would flip a switch and it dropped this bomb off your heli and you had to try to get it in a box that was on the ground. Nice. That's and cool, dude. That is hard. Let me tell you. So uh, Kayla went with me last weekend. And so I'm like, you're you're doing this competition with me. So that that was kind of frustrating. So she, and was fun. The, she was the <laughs> bomber. <laughs> frustrating. <Yeah. laughs> Three. He's, he's thinking, okay, she's going to listen to this. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I, I was amazed that even just going, maybe flying at 10 miles an hour, how far horizontally the bomb traveled. I mean, it, it took some good timing. So I think the closest one was like 18 inches from the box, which is pretty impressive if you were if you were there watching it's nice one of those again that's much much harder than it than it seems sweet so you had to be going like forward speed yeah you had to have forward speed i think he said like if you were just learning you could hover but you had to be like 20 feet above it but most everyone that did the competition uh was a you know a good pilot so we were you know you kind of go off you do a little stall turn and then you'd start you know cruising towards this box and basically three two one they'd flip the switch on the transmitter and it drop this big old bomb off your heli and then you'd try to get it in the box and whoever was the closest took home the prize wow That's so that, sweet. i hadn't seen that one before so i want to try that that was a, that was a lot of fun uh to compete in uh let's see other than that i mean there there was another really good crash I mean, if if I had to give out like a, a target bag award for the weekend, there was a, you know, uh, Reagan. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I gotta say that was probably. I'll I'll just describe it like this. Let's just say you're 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 gonna try to crash your heli as hard as you possibly can. I don't think you could have crashed it harder than he did. <laughs> if you, wow. If, oh wow. If you're like, I mean, it was an impressive. Sound, dust cloud, crash, walk of shame. What was he doing? Parts, the whole deal. Um, I believe sort of the same thing that happened to me um, is he lost power, but with a nitro, the motor doesn't shut off. And Did he it had chicken a, dance? Oh, no, it didn't, it didn't chicken dance, but he had a lot of pitch, and it was going really fast towards the ground. <laughs> and there was no hesitation when it hit the ground. <laughs> Wow. It was one of those where everyone, the whole flight line, just turns their head and goes, Ooh, that was not good. <laughs> so. Did you get yeah. any night flying in, dude? I did not. I uh, Sun started going down and I started partaking and enjoyed other people night flying. <laughs> you know, you got you got to do that some sometimes. So. But there was. Uh, we had Angry Timmy out there. Waylon throwing it down. Kenny whistling ears. You know, nice. he was out there. Phil brought some couple big bright spotlights. And uh, Saturday night we just had a blast. So lots really? and lots of good flying. It was definitely it was a really really fun event, and the weather was just great the whole weekend. So nice. It's a lot of fun. Besides the uh, six hour drive, that kind of got old, but it was worth it. So it was a lot of fun. Glad I went. Awesome. So moving right along, because we do have a lot of stuff to fit in this last segment. Um, we haven't played one for a while, but I've got a, a Carrie Shirley Gas Powered Thoughts segment. So here's Carrie Shirley with Gas Powered Thoughts. 
Hey, this is Kerry Shirley with GasPowerThoughts.com. I wanted to give you guys an update on some of the conversions and projects that I've reported on here in the past. I've got a few updates. One of the things that uh, I was really excited about was a conversion for the Goblin 700 made by a company called Leviathan Designs out of Australia. Well, I did get one of these, and I have just finished building it. Uh, in fact, I've got a build thread on, uh, on gaspoweredthoughts.com that details it out for you. I haven't had a chance to fly it yet. I expect to do that probably in the next couple of days. But I can tell you that the, the conversion is really well designed. The model turns out looking really nice. It's got some cool features on it. The designer's done a good job with balancing the model. It looks really good. So I hope to report more on uh, the flight performance of it here in a future segment. Another uh, conversion that I know uh, I heard uh, Dan and the guys talking about on here was the Helix Heli G700. That's something else that I did uh, a build thread on on the site. That's uh, also made out of Australia by Tenhua. TNN Engineering actually makes that. It's a T-Rex 700 conversion, somewhat similar to most T-Rex 700s. I mean, it uses the main driveline components. But he, he really changed the way the model's laid out. It's uh, very stylish. It's got a real good clutch in it. It uses the uh, Zenoa clutch like some of the other conversions do. It's a slick model. So if you're looking for something different for your T-Rex gas conversion, give this thing a look because uh, it, it, it's really nice. The final thing I want to talk about is, is sort of a future. I, I get to break futures every now and then. HWC, the Century guys, they actually make a couple of T-Rex conversions. They make them for the 600 and the 700, and they use uh, what's called the PUH format of the Zenoa motor. That's sort of the traditional format. It's, uh, it's a smaller version, um, more compact. Well, they're just about ready to release a new version of the 700 conversion that's going to use the Zenoa RC motor. For those of you familiar, it's a slightly larger motor, got a built-in cooling system. They run really well. It's the same motor that you'd find in most of the conversions, uh, as well as in the uh, Whiplash. That's, they're all using the Zenoa RC motor. So I think we're going to see that probably, um, probably sometime this summer. Uh, speaking of HWC, I know uh, there's been some discussion about OMG 30. Uh, I don't have a lot of additional information about that. I mean, I've seen the same videos you have. I know that uh, they're they're in the process of of making that thing a product, and I expect they're going to release that probably during the summer as well. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, you can look on uh, Century site. They've got the videos for it. Basically, they've taken the Radical 30 and shrunk it to a 600 size, changed the gearing so they turn the head really fast. And uh, the performance is pretty interesting. Uh, if you take a look at that, I think you might find that interesting. Okay, that's it for my status updates. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you get a chance, check out uh, the website at gaspoweredthoughts.com. We'll talk to you again here on rchelynation.com. So Jesse, as you know, I've been doing a lot of testing lately on my electric, and what I'm starting to realize, man, is that my batteries are really weak. 
You got any recommendations for me as to what batteries I should check out next? Well, Justin, lately, I've been having really good luck with Genzace batteries. So if you're looking for some batteries to get you through your testing and keep you in the air, I would definitely go take a look at Genzace. So there you have it, guys. Genzace batteries. You can get them at hobbyparts.com. And thanks, Carrie, for spending some time with us and uh, imparting your gasser wisdom to the masses. Always good stuff. Always good. Always good. So, again, a lot of stuff. We did an interview. Um, actually, I did an interview because you schmoes couldn't make it. Schmo. Schmo. That's right. You're busy oh, flying. I'm sorry. Yeah. When, when was that interview done? Once. I don't even remember. It was last week sometime. Uh, Burt Cameron. Oh, yeah, baby. Sweet. All right. So we're going to play an interview I did with Burt Kammerer. Uh, As always, a lot of fun to have on. And as much as I want to poke fun at him when he comes on, he's such such an awesome guy that it's just hard to not leave the conversation going, man, what a cool dude. But anyway, here's Burt Kammerer. Thanks for, for coming up. What's happening, Dan? Long time. No shit, dude. Where have you been, man? Where have you been? Uh, just, just. Uh, well, first of all, I was taking a vacation for about six months. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just, uh, just doing my thing as usual. You know, just uh, really, really, really busy. And you've been very busy too. And your show has grown ridiculously. So you have no <laughs> yeah. more time for me. You're, oh, come you're, on, you now. Know, we always I'm, have. I'm not important anymore. <sighs> yeah. Oh man, you're making me feel bad. We always have time for Bert Camera here at RCHN. So tell me, dude. I saw you made like a world tour over in Europe here recently. I mean, you were all over the place over there. What the heck were you doing over there, man? Russia? Where else were you at? England? Yeah, I just, yeah, I just came back from, uh, well, I had two fun flights that were kind of back to back. And obviously it made more sense to just stay there sure. than it was to, to come back home. So I went to a fun fly in England, basically a big competition for planes and helicopters like a really really big event and it's held in the western part of england in a place called weston park and they actually separate the two flight lines they're like a half a mile if not maybe a mile away from each other it's like a really really big sort of event uh with you know lots of lots of stuff going on and uh, obviously i was on the helicopter side and i went out there to do demos um to help fast lat which is our uh, distributor up in England. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so spent the weekend there. And then after that, we went to uh, Fastlat's shop and hung out there with Chris Walton, the owner, and Jamie, the other owner. And we just, you know, we've known each other for years. So we just kind of went out there and spent a couple of days with them and, you know, had some fun, looked at the shop and talked a little bit about Goblin and everything else. And then um, I had to drive from there down to London because I had scheduled a, uh, a shoot with uh, some folks from a company called October Films. Um, and they basically do their production company that works with Discovery Media. Mm-hmm. So there's a show on Discovery Channel that I believe has been airing on one of their networks um, overseas. It's Discovery Channel International. And the show is called uh, um, You've Been Warned. And what they do is they basically take like clips from YouTube on like unusual stuff and 
Um, then if the clip is about something really interesting, then they find that person and they spend some time with the person. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they found one of my clips from a video at the Alpine Heli Smackdown back in 2000, I think 11 or something. Um, and, um, basically we scheduled it so that I could go down to London and shoot this little segment with them for, for discovery. So it's basically sort of a, I guess a clip where, you know, I talk about what RC helicopters are and what these common maneuvers are called. And, you know, it's obviously geared towards the non-pilot. So it's a very generic sort of, you know, TV clip, but, uh, but I think it'll be really nice. I'll have more information about when it'll air and then I'll post that on my Facebook. So I don't know in the U S market where it will air. Cause you know, discovery entertainment has like so many different channels like science and TLC. And I mean, I guess there's like 10 different networks. So, but, uh, whenever I find out, I'll post it on Facebook and I think it'll be pretty cool. I mean, it's not going to be anything too long or too fancy. I mean, it took us like a full day to shoot like eight minutes of TV. So it's not going to be like a long thing, but I think it's cool because it, it introduces, you know, or actually just, it adds a little bit of helicopter action to mainstream media, which we don't see very often. No, we don't. That's, that's incredible, dude. So so how did they get in touch with you? I mean, did they just like, I mean, how did they? They they just found me through my Facebook page. <laughs> they, uh, they, they looked me up and found me and, and they asked me if I'd be willing to do it. And obviously I, I did just a little bit of research in the company. And yeah, sure. just, it was it was obviously a no brainer because they're, they're a very reputable company that just does all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, and it, it was actually it worked out really well because they they're based in London and obviously, they have film crews all over the place. I mean, the guy that actually was the director on the shoot had just returned from a trip to New Zealand shooting something else. So they have people all over. And uh, But it worked out really well because when they asked me about it like a couple of months ago, I said, hey, I'm going to be in England in the month of June. And uh, they're like, well, can you make it to London? And I'm like, sure, because, it, you know, it's only like four-hour drive from Manchester, which is where I was. Sure. So Susie and I drove down there and spent the day and uh we thought we would get to see london afterwards i've been to london before she never been so i thought we could go and see a little bit of london but nah we spent the whole day shooting by the time we were done it was like eight o'clock at night so it's kind of late to make it into the city but it was it was worth it anyway i think it'll it'll be cool to watch when it comes out so you know you bring up a good point and it's something that i'm sure a lot of people are curious about you know you do a lot of traveling with your wife Obviously, you mean she's in the hobby as well, or works in the hobby as well. Is it too much sometimes? Do you ever like, oh, why don't? Can you just stay home this time while I go do the trip? Or do you guys enjoy that camaraderie, we, being we, able to travel together? We enjoy it a lot. I mean, we're like really good friends. We're like best friends, so we we get along great. We really have no 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 issue with that. I mean, we we, we give each other our own space. You know, she has lots of friends in the industry, just the same way I do, and she does a lot of. Uh, she works in the sales and marketing for SAB. So, you know, when we're at an event, she might be talking to a distributor or a dealer or somebody like that while I'm doing a demo. I mean, you know, we're we're not really on top of each other the whole time. Right. right. But also, she doesn't attend as many events as I do. Um, she also, she only typically she only goes to like the big events like Urcha and you know 3D Masters or this year will be called Heli Masters in Europe and maybe three or four of the larger events. Whereas I normally go to, I don't know, 25 to 30. <laughs> you you so, got a full calendar, so, don't you? Yeah. So we don't, she doesn't go as often as I do, but when she goes, it's actually kind of cool because 
Um, she makes sandwiches you know, for you and stuff? Makes your iced tea? That kind of stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. No, I'm the one who has to do that. Oh, you're the no, one with we, the apron. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have we, we actually get along really well, and, and we have fun together. So And we both complain about things and enjoy things. And, I mean, it's just kind of cool to have company, you know, especially sure. when you go to a place like Russia. <laughs> where, I want to talk where, about Russia in a bit, but before we move on, I got to ask you one or two more questions. Does Susie fly? Does she can does she fly or does she not is she not even into that? She can fly. Yeah. She yeah, she can, it, it, she she can't do any sort of 3D or anything she's, like that. But she she uh, she's not like avid flyer. She just enjoys the hobby, but not She she can Well, when she started the hobby, um probably about 8 years ago, I think. She started working for V-Blades. Right. And for the newer audience, V-Blades was a very big blade manufacturer back in the day and she was working for them and she had a venture 50 and that's what she <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and i mean she can hover and fly around do like basic like forward flight but aside from that that's about it do you everybody box you guys everybody box she is terrible at that man. <laughs> i can't with her like i've tried it before but <laughs> i start i get really bossy with her you know and it's just <laughs> getting pissed off <laughs> it's like, i was it's gonna not a good, you know you, you talk to these guys at golf and they talk about the nightmare of trying to teach their girlfriends or their wives to golf and it's just it just never turns out well nope it's not a good idea that's awesome with getting busy with the actual work side of the hobby i mean she you know i get to fly for work like even though flying is not really my job but testing developing and and, and designing things requires flying them obviously yeah, but for her, she's exclusively into sales and marketing. So sometimes she gets just so busy with just regular work, day to day work, that there's really not much time not to fly. Time. So she goes through phases where she all of a sudden one day, you know, on a weekend, she'll be like, "I want to go to the field and fly," and I'm like, uh, "I don't really want to go to the field today. It's like the weekend. There's like a million people there. You know, <laughs> I want to stay home. <laughs> I've been doing like, this all week. Stay. Yeah." <laughs> and and we'll go and she'll fly and she'll go through a face like that and then she won't even touch a helicopter for six months at a time. Now so does she does she make you do her maintenance or does she does she do that? Oh, absolutely. She built her own stuff though. She's built uh, probably about three or four helicopters. Nice. Since, yeah, she built uh, her first. Uh, I think she her first machine after I met her was a T Rex six hundred. She built that. Then she had a four fifty. Um, what else did she build? I don't remember, but she's built like three machines on her own because nice. I, I forced her to. I'm like, here's the manual. Here, of course, I have to end up fix, fixing the mistakes, but <laughs> at least she tries, you know. That's yeah, so, that's awesome. And man. she likes, and she likes to do it too. So. Sweet. So you you brought up you brought up Russia. Have you? Is this the first trip to Russia you've made, or have you been yes. in there? Tell us no. about what was that like. I mean, how's the what is the hobby like in Russia? Tell us about it. It was actually very impressive. Um, well, actually, so you were asking me first why I was gone for so long. Well, after we finished the trip to London to do the TV thing, we went back to Manchester and got on a flight to go to Russia. Right. And I told you earlier, it would have been stupid to fly back home right. to then turn around two days later to go there. And, you know, from England to Russia was like, I think like an hour to Amsterdam and then like another four hours. So it isn't really that far. It's like going from East Coast to West Coast in the U.S. So we got there, and uh, this event was organized 
by a uh, guy, a Russian guy there. He's actually pretty cool. His name is Igor Kulichik. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. <laughs> we butcher anyway, all the time. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to – no idea how to pronounce anything Russian. But anyway, <laughs> um, really nice guy, very wealthy, and he enjoys the hobby a lot. Well, what they did is they they bought the rights or they worked out a deal with Jeff Berenger. Jeff Berenger is the guy that used to do 3D Masters in Europe. So they bought the rights for the event and they created 3D X Russia, which is a competition based on the 3D Masters format. Yeah. And this guy basically throws the event together. And uh, the event was held about 30 to 45 minutes from the center of Moscow, and they invited myself and Tarek Al-Sadi and Nick Maxwell and Chen Zerfadi from Israel just to go out there and do demos and help with the judging and stuff. Sure. And uh, it was great. I mean, it was, uh, I must admit, I mean, Russia is quite impressive. Now I know why we were afraid of them back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> it. No, it was a great place. Really, really good hospitality. Um, really, really great uh, atmosphere. And the flying was, was the flying, the the level of flying was pretty good. I wouldn't say it was as good as the American level, um, not not no not really. But considering the fact that, you know, even though Russia is such a huge country, you know, in terms of population, is relatively small compared to us. Sure, you know? right. So in terms of population, the the flying level was pretty high. The guy that won the the equivalent to the Masters class um, was actually a pretty pretty good pilot. He was flying a Mikado logo, and and he did really really well. So. It was a it was a great it was a great uh, great time great show and and we really had a good time. Did you get but, a Did you get a sense of uh, you know it's hard to say here because we're so diverse as far as uh, the the regional interests and particular brands. But did you get a sense of what Heli is like kind of really popular over there? Did you see one of a particular brand more than others while you were there in Russia? It was interesting, and I was actually, and I, and I was very happy to see that Goblin was very popular there. To be honest with you, um, it was like, it, it was it was a combination of, it, from what I could see. I mean, it's hard to tell. You right. know, it, I'm sure that looking at the competition, it's not 100 percent representative of what everybody else in Russia is doing. But, right, right. Um, it was a combination of Align, Compass, Logo, or you know, Mikado and Goblin. To be honest with you. And, and Goblin was in decent numbers, as many as logos. And probably actually in, is sharing numbers with, with a line where Compass was a little bit higher. But I did obviously see other models. I saw one of the aliases from Charlie Stevens. You know, I saw other stuff as well. But, but those four brands seem to be the predominant brands. And, and you know, it, I mean, the, the event was very well organized. They had cheerleaders and stuff and... I mean, it was just—it was just great. I mean, the hospitality—hospitality hospitality was amazing as well. In general terms, it was—it was just very well put together, and the trip was horrible in terms <laughs> of the, the actual travel, you know, itself. But oh, lost yeah. my bags on the way back. I saw the Facebook post today. Yeah, I can't help but notice that uh, I saw a Facebook post. You did ended up doing uh, kind of an unplanned tandem with uh, Tarek El Sadi. Yep. Tell yep. us about that. Totally how, how did that, did they just kind of egg you guys into that? And you're like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's do it. Yeah, kind of kind of like that. We got egged on a little bit and then we're like, okay, we'll do it. And we literally didn't talk about it, didn't think about it. We just walked out there and we're like, what are we doing? And we're like, uh, I don't know. Oh, just let's just do some really, really basic stuff. TikToks. Okay, here we go. And we just started flying and it, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. We had a good time. So for our listeners that 
aren't have never really seen a tandem flight, just kind of give us an idea how. Uh, so you got two accomplished pilots, and do you guys like stand out there and you're just you're yelling out uh, what you're or talk, talk? You're communicating back and forth. You're telling each other what you're going to go into next, and then you both just try to do it at roughly the same elevation and to kind of make it look yeah. uniform. Is that is that all there is really is to it? Yeah, that's all there is to it. it. It's much easier when you've done it with somebody many times because yeah, then you you start coming up with the series of little maneuvers that you know how to connect together and how to synchronize together and and then when you get to fly you just you know call the maneuver let's do this let's do that and then you've done it before in a certain way in a certain orientation or in a certain way that looks synchronized and then you just do it but when you've never done it with somebody before it's a little bit more challenging because you just call the maneuver and then the other pilot might do it tail end where you're doing it nose in right, or right. You know, the other pilot might do it higher than you're doing it or farther away. And, you know, if you've never done it before, it just it's it's a lot harder to make anything look synchronized at all. Especially Derek and I have such different flying styles that it makes it even harder. But I don't know. We, we had a good time. I mean, it was it was definitely fun to do. And uh, I think the crowd loved it, too. It was it was it was fun. And even though I had lots of crashes in Russia, I did not I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. What was just what was going on, man? You're just uh, out of sorts, or just just pushing it a little too hard? Do you think what was going on with the crashes? Well, in England, I had two crashes, and they were my fault. I was just in England. I was just very relaxed. Everybody was super cool. They were egging me on to fly low and low and low, and I just came low twice: once with my 500 and once with my 700, and just one of those things where like the ground is just higher than it should be. You know. You know, I, I heard, just, I heard, Bert. If you switch to Futaba, that those crashes won't happen like that. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, you have any? I don't any? Know about that? Just <laughs> flies Futaba, and look at how many times. <laughs> but then in Russia, I had an issue with. Uh, I had an issue that I still am trying to figure out. Um, my Contronic speed controller was, was going into cutoff, huh. and I don't think it was the controller. I don't know if it was the motor or a cold solder joint. I honestly haven't had a chance to even look at it because my helicopter's lost. So I yeah. don't know what's wrong with it, but I had an issue with uh, with the uh, speed controller that was cutting off on me, and it happened twice within a couple of days. And the first time I was just going too fast, too low, and there was no chance for an auto rotation. And the second time I was doing TikToks really, really low, and again, no chance. Um, so those were two. The third one was just me being stupid and flying too aggressive and too low. But uh, having fun though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was. It's one of those things where, like, you know, it's 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 really crazy because I can go through, and, and you know, Susie and I were talking about this on the way back. I can go through an entire season with not one single crash. You know, maybe not an entire season, but I can go through probably six, seven, eight, ten events easy without a single crash and lots of good flights, and really low to the ground, and everything's perfect. And then all of a sudden, I go to one event and I can have two, three crashes. <laughs> I mean, that's. You know, usually how it happens. Law of averages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just catches yeah, up with you every now and again, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It so happens to everybody. It sounds like you had a great time out there, man. I kind of want to talk. I want to kind of backtrack a little bit, and uh, we kind of been we just caught up with kind of what you've been doing. I want to backtrack and kind of go back to where uh, the last time you were on the show, it was right about that time uh, where you 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 decided to uh, help me understand. Did you with the outrage thing? Now, did you 
did you go to work for outrage or did, did you just like decide to agree to help them with some issues and then you kind of moved into the SAB thing kind of help us understand what happened there and how that all came about it's it's very complicated <laughs> but basically yeah it, it is quite complicated but basically i was asked by chris when he's the owner ceo of outrage mm-hmm. um i believe when was this this was the end of 2011 i think yeah yeah the end of 2011, he approached me and he said, look, we have a lot of issues. You know, we don't have Charlie anymore. We need help fixing all these problems, yada, yada. And, you know, I was offered basically a, a job as a consultant to try to help him fix all the issues. I worked with them for several months. And, you know, I was basically honest with them. And I said, look, I mean, the models need a lot of work. They need some. I mean, it's, it's and, and, you know, the sad thing is, is that they really did not need uh it wasn't like there were a lot of things wrong with the models, but there are a few key things that had issues that had to be fixed in order for the models to be airworthy and to be reliable, you know? Right. And uh, so I worked on a series of things. I made some redesigns um, specifically on on um, the 90, the Velocity 90, um, involving mainly the tail, complete new tail. I mean, a bunch of stuff. Turned turn all the, the stuff in and got samples, tested the samples, and everything was successful. And then after that, I was basically told, well, thank you, you know, and, it, you know, I really thought that, you know, eventually this would turn into, you know, a final product. And we just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing really happened. Right. And uh, so, you know, obviously I was very involved with SAB and the owners of SAB weren't too keen of me flying outrage. So I basically just, you know, talked with Chris again and said, look, I, I really want to part ways and get back to SAB and. I wish you good luck and anything you do in the future. And, you know, I still to this day, I really don't know why all those fixes have been implemented. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I still have three helicopters here that have prototype parts that are actually flying great. And mm. I find, I actually find them on occasion at the field. I don't, I'm not going to promote them and fly them on, you know, put videos up or pictures because there's, it's not something that you can buy. Exactly. Uh, right. Sense to do that, you know, but, but I, I honestly don't, don't really couldn't tell you more about, you know, a lot of people probably not even believe what I'm saying when I say that I really don't know what happens next. Like after all this is done, why, why then, you know, make it to fruition. You, you did what you agreed to do and that's really all that all you can do. I mean, once, uh, once the changes are made and you, you, you advise them what you think they should be, it's not in your hands anymore, really, is it? Uh, no, exactly. But I, I think if I could speculate, I think it had something to do with manufacturing issues, like manufacturing intricacies with vendors and things like that. Yeah. More political things really than anything else. But it, it's quite sad because, you know, it had a lot of potential. I mean, the the the, the 90 that, that I have here is actually really nice. You know, the tail is really strong. It's a, it's a, it's a, beefy tail i mean basically changed the boom you know the 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 velocity 90 boom was really thin it was um i believe it was 21 millimeters i can't remember i have to look at my drawing it's it's been a long time but i I made the boom thicker changed the gear system completely went to a a completely different pitch on the gears the gears are beefier bigger um the tail slider mechanism is different i mean everything sort of changed i don't know if you ever had a chance to look at a, a velocity 90 but the tail you could actually you could actually move the tail, pivot the tail. The, 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 the tail would go inside the boom, 
and then it had the sleeve that went over the boom. Right. And right. you had to line them up. And then the one that was going um, over the boom was holding the arm that helped the, the pitch slider arm. The one that went inside the boom had the tail output shaft attached to it. If so, if they weren't aligned together, then it, the the tail slider would bind. So you had to align them. It was just such a nightmare. The new system is just plain and simple. It was kind of similar to the to the to the fifty, but much beefier, stronger, bigger. I mean, it, it worked really well. Made changes to the frames. Made a couple of changes to the head geometry. I mean, it, the model was solid. And you know, I I don't again, I don't know. Right. What happened after that but well you know you talk to some of the outrage reps and those guys are really into their machines and you know i had a fusion 50 for a while and i i enjoyed it for the short time that i did have it at the time i was not appreciative of electric helicopters mainly just a yeah. nitro guy and yeah. it's just it, it it's kind of the general consensus it's like um well maybe they've just kind of given up on helicopters i guess <laughs> because you're not hearing anything about it at all from yeah. anybody yeah, it's really sad because for for a relatively long period, actually for maybe a couple of years' time, they they were very successful. I mean, not successful, but I mean, in general terms, they were out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Tarek was flying the stuff. He was heavily promoting them. You know, I believe the first few models they released actually worked really well. And then they started having issues with quality and, and manufacturing problems and things like that. And and the 90 was never really a good model from the get-go because it had all these issues. But in the beginning, I mean, they were having a lot of success and they were pushing a lot of events and doing a lot of positive things. So yeah. it's quite sad that it looks like it's ended this way, you know? So moving forward, you, you, you'd you been working with SAB all the while. I remember when I talked to you last, uh, it was, um, you were you were flying the Goblin, you were helping with, with the Goblin, but and the, and the outrage thing was kind of the nitro side of the hobby for you, but you kind of moved all, straight into SAB. I mean, you're pretty much uh, SAB all the way now, right? That's pretty much your gig, yeah. you know? Yeah, when um, when the uh, when this outrage thing, you know, sort of ended, um, which would have been, I would say, about uh, maybe July, August of last year. It was, it was right before Urcha, around Urcha time. Then I basically went 100% with SAB, and uh, you know we had oops, oh something happened. <laughs> Pour yourself another drink there. I think you just spilled everything. It'll be, it'll be good. <laughs> so so um, when I talk when I talked to SAB and, and explained the situation, obviously we, we discussed it, and, and they gave me a few more responsibilities, and uh, and and so yeah, I've been uh, pretty much dedicated to SAB 100% ever since. I mean I. I've been so busy lately that I haven't even had a chance to do smack talk, to be honest with you. I mean, Bobby has super busy as well. So we both have been, oh my God, just, just no time. There's just no, not enough time. You know, we, we want to. Dude, you've, you've, you've been burning the candle at both ends for quite some time. I've, I've been wondering when we were just going to see, see like a, a report. Bert Cameron has been found on top of a water tower, taking out pedestrians with, with a high velocity <laughs> no, I mean, rifle. It was, it, 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 it's <laughs> what it is, is, you, you know, you, you have to, at some point in time, find, find time off. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't have at least, at least one day every other week to just goof around and, and, and not do anything, then eventually it just, it, it gets onto you. And, and, and then you just, you get burned out and you lose you lose your 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 motivation and your willingness to to to, to do things and you don't enjoy it anymore and mm. and we were we were at some point Bobby and I we were pretty close to to being at that stage 
because yeah. there was just too much going on in life and, and work and everything else. And it was like pushing to do this and do that. And, oh, we have no time to edit. No, we'll edit on the plane and then send me the <laughs> file and then, then I'll upload and put it on your USB drive. And then we'll get, I mean, it, it, it got too crazy. So we decided earlier this year that, you know, as long as we're so busy, at least during the, 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 the peak of the season, we're just not going to do any smack talk. And, and uh, yeah. when things slow down, which they will, they, they will certainly slow down around October, November, then we will start cranking a few episodes. And, and it, another thing was we, we were running out of content too, because if, you know, for you, the show, you can waste time with somebody like me. Waste but, time. <laughs> but you know what i mean i mean there's lots to talk there about. is there is yes you don't have to really plan a script and everything right but imagine if you had to like do a video where everything's scripted well that's a whole well first of all i've always said that videos for pretty people and that's why you and bobby should be doing the video <laughs> yeah, were, well maybe bobby but come on now. but on, on top of that i mean on a serious note uh, you know, the audio is one thing and, and there's a fair amount of work that goes into that as you're well aware, cause you have to deal with audio as well, but then you add the video on top of that. And I just don't know, man, I don't know how you guys found the time to even do, cause you're the smack talk stuff was really good. It is really good. I mean, it's really relevant to make that happen. It's not, as you know, just easy to do. And as you were just explaining, I mean, you got to have, everything's got to be planned out. And then on top of yeah. that, you've got to edit all that stuff and make that happen. So yeah. one one episode was probably about I would say four days of nonstop work. Oh yeah, sure. One episode. It was uh, <clears throat> it was it was a couple you know maybe an hour of brainstorming, deciding what to do. Sometimes even up to two hours because towards the end we're running out of content, sort of things to do, and uh, and then obviously picking a, a location and writing a script maybe an hour or two and then actually going to shoot i mean it, it you know by any stretch of the imagination our stuff was very professional looking i mean you know our editing was kind of mediocre if, if you compare it to something you know broadcast quality stuff but but you know when i when i was in london doing this this, this show for discovery you know we spent about seven hours and they told me that that's about anywhere between five and ten minutes of television yeah so now imagine you, you know <laughs> We were trying to do an hour, you know, in, in a couple of days. Yeah. So, yeah. So it took at least a day, if not two, for shooting, and then, and then it took another day to 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 render everything and edit everything, yeah. and at times another day to upload. So it's a lot of work. A lot of work. But it was very well received, and and a lot of listener or listeners, watchers slash listeners, I guess. But they all people enjoyed the smack talk stuff. So. Uh, and, and, and you know we're not going away. We're gonna we're gonna do some more. We we just need more time, and we have to come up with fresh ideas, maybe a slightly new concept, and and uh, push at least a couple more seasons. You know we're not gonna give it up. I mean it's it's uh, I think over time we can almost basically start over with most of the content and, and do more up to date content because you know I was looking at some of the videos back from the day, like we have a video about setups. You know, we have a fly bar machine there. So. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. Things have changed. and, and They do they change quick. Change. Yeah. But yeah. nonetheless, it's still relevant because that's good information, dude. I mean, it's good information for people to have. 
this other stuff, obviously, that's uh, informative as well. Absolutely. You know, and other stuff that's entertaining and, you know, it's a good laugh at a time, you know, for some people. So, I mean, it's, it, it, we, we, we won't give it up, but we, we certainly needed a break from it because it became, it, it almost became uh, this sort of thing where we just couldn't find a time and we were starting to hate it just because right. we knew we had to get it done and, and we just didn't have the time. So the whole quality of the content started to go down because we, we, we didn't have enough time to, to think, think things out and dedicate enough time to it. So it, I, I think overall our whole attitude towards it started to kind of change a little bit just, just because of that. But, but we're, we're actually looking forward to it because we, we haven't done it in a while and, and we've talked about it and it's like, ah, we kind of miss it. So we really want to get back into it. We just need to find the proper way to do it and, and maybe sure. change change the format a little bit, you know. I don't know. So I just I kind of figured that the the bromance there between Bobby and Bert would get a little stronger since he moved to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Is he I well, mean that's got to be easier, right? He's in Florida now and but he's gone yeah. all the time, but nonetheless still living there. We're both gone all the time. You know, Bobby is in Bali right now shooting shooting a uh, surf surfing competition an yeah. Oakley in competition in Bali. And and he's getting into the he's getting into the uh sort of broadcasting filming side of the industry where he's operating like, you know, hexes and, and octas and quadcopters and, and aerial photography ships and things like that for production companies. So he he's going he's kind of detouring himself in, into that area a little bit. And he obviously is still very well into the hobby, but He's yeah. getting busy with that now too, and and uh, he's still busy a little bit with Gowie, um, and and obviously I'm really busy with SAB and working on other side projects that I can't talk about. But well, I, I want to spend a little bit of time talking. You know, we kind of got away from the SAB stuff. I want to go back to it. I want to go into the SAB marketing machine that has been so very effective. Okay. We, we we do you are you involved in 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 the marketing aspect of SAB because. You know, I can remember when the Goblin first was, you know, being talked about, and people were like, "Yeah, it's just a little too, little too different." But it's, man, everywhere you look, there's a there's a Goblin ad, there's a a video of Bert throwing a girl out of the car with the Lamborghini at Urcha. <laughs> I think I can't give myself credit for it because it's 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 a it's a it's a collaboration. Uh, there's lots of people involved. I mean, you know, we're talking about Heli Direct in the United States, and yeah. and uh, and many, many, many good distributors around the world. You know, we have like FastLad in, in the UK. We have World of Heli in and and Germany. I mean, I don't want to really omit some, but I mean, we have a great distributor in South Africa. We have a brand new distributor we just appointed in Asia and China. I mean, we we, we have lots of good people. Um, good distributors to work with, and they help us with the promotion. Yeah. But obviously, it ha- it's been an effort that you, you know, it, 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 lots of people working together. Um, the guys from Heli Direct, obviously, my wife Susie is involved. I am involved. Um, the owners themselves are involved. Enrico and Stefano. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's it's working out. But you know, it, it's it's one of those things that a lot of people are still sort of skeptical of the goblin just because to some people, it's just a very different machine. Right. And it, 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 it was quite risky in the beginning. And, but I think it's sort of paying off and, 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 you know, it was funny, you know, because I was in England and I actually was approached by this random dude and it's England or Russia. I think it was Russia. I was approached by this random dude just walked up to me and he asked me, 
if I was flying the helicopter, the Goblin, because I was getting paid to fly it or because I actually really liked the machine. <laughs> and and I, I, I honestly couldn't help, but I, I just started laughing because I can't believe that still to this day, there's people that actually believe that me or anybody else for that matter would fly something just because we're getting paid to fly it. Dude, I'm 42 years old. I have a computer science degree. I worked with internet and networks for 15 years. I'm a Cisco certified, you know, engineer. I, I know how to work with Juniper routers. I could go and make four or 500 K a year doing my computer work. I don't need to do this for a fifth of that. You know what I mean? I do it just because it's. Yeah, it's but, a, but Bert, at I a, love it. on a basic yeah. level, you, you understand that skepticism. I mean, you, you have to, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I hear where you're coming from and I understand that because I understand how much work is put into what you do and the, and the payback, uh, you know, it's very little. In the grand scheme, it's, but it, it, it's hard to understand, really, for me. For me, I mean, I, I could, I, it, it's, I can understand the skepticism, but you know, I don't want to stroke my own ego. But you don't think I could, like, right now, quit SAB and go do the same thing for another uh, company? There's no maybe question. Not, there's no maybe question. not very easily. I mean, I'm sure companies have budgeting, uh, you, you know, budgets and certain things, and they might not like me. But you don't think I have the opportunity to do it with another brand? I mean, I, I you bird. I don't think you'd have a problem. But there's there's something about that that kind of that, that separates you from some of the other guys out there. In the in that you yeah. you are not a brand jumper, so to speak. So well, I I kind of jumped a couple of times, and it wasn't really something that I decided to do on my own. To be honest with you, it was more attributed to more political issues and things like that. And, and, but, but I landed somewhere where I really enjoy being. And, you know, I can't say that I'm going to be with SAB for the rest of times because you, you don't know how things change over time, but, but, you know, I'm really happy where I am right now and I'm doing it because I like the model and I believe in the concept. And, and I think it was a fresh start. It was something that was revolutionary in the sense that it was just completely different from the same old boring stuff that I was accustomed to seeing and working with. Right, right, right. And, you know, and I don't want to discredit any other manufacturer. I mean, there's lots of great manufacturers out there. I mean, Gowie makes a great helicopter, you know, a line. I mean, there's lots of good machines out there. But but to me, just seeing this ingenuity and, and this different design approach where, you know, we no longer have a normal boom. We have a carbon fiber, big, ugly looking square boom. <laughs> and, you know, the, 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 the dual stage gear system and everything else is just like it was just such a fresh, different approach to what I was accustomed to that it just caught my attention and 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 I still love it to this day so it there has to be a passion when you work in this industry <laughs> absolutely because in the end it's a hobby and, and that's what I tell people you know when I started flying I was still working in the in the internet industry in the computer industry and I was making pretty good money and and you know I could go probably go back to that and fly as a hobby and still maybe go to a few events, maybe not as many, because I probably wouldn't have the, enough time off. But I, I could probably still go to Urcha and go to a couple of big events a year and, and have fun at it and fly whatever I wanted to fly. And that's what one thing that I actually look up, I, I sort of appreciate in Tarek, where a lot of people didn't understand what happened to him. That's exactly what I, I was going to That's exactly what I wanted to go into next, because that's a perfect yeah. segue. Yeah, Tarek. 
really got tired of the politics. Yeah. You know, I love the guy. He's a great guy. He's a good friend. And, and we talk very often and we're still in, in good contact. And, 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 but Tarek is, is, is raced, born and raised and, and accustomed to a lifestyle that none of us as Americans would ever know off. You know, he, I mean, he's basically a king. I mean, a, you know, a prince or whatever it is in his country. And, and he's accustomed to people catering to him and doing things for him and carrying stuff for him. And he, he doesn't touch his machine, his machine. He doesn't wrench on it. He doesn't, he just flies. Yeah. And, and, you know, Tarek has over a hundred machines at his house and he just goes out and he flies when he wants to and crashes and somebody else picks it up for him and, and takes it home. And, and people think that's a snobby thing. No, it's just, that's, that's all he knows. He, he yeah. grew up like accustomed yeah. to that can't blame him for that i wish i had <laughs> i wish i would have <laughs> born in, in those in, in that sort of environment but but he he Tarek enjoys sleeping in and getting up at 10 in the morning and going to the event to 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 to, to show people how good he is and he gets a kick out of people complimenting him because it makes him feel good and i mean th that's great and he he wasn't very happy with the political side of 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 the of working in the hobby and 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 being asked to be there at this time and you have to go to this event you have to do that you know it was too much pressure for him right and uh <clears throat> so he just decided to just quit and and obviously the best way for him to do it was just to start flying anything and everything he wanted yeah and i get people that ask me well is he sponsored by a line you know they think he's sponsored by a line no he's not you know, I don't know if a lion sends him free helicopters. They probably do. I mean, that would be the smart thing to do if I was a lion. But sure. he's he's flying a lion. He's flying Gowie. He's flying Synergy. He's flying Elias. He's flying still flying Goblin. In fact, the last day at uh, the 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 event in Russia, he 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 put a hell of a flight on his on his Goblin seven hundred, and and he crashed because he went too low. But it was an incredible flight, and he's just having fun, you know, and and. To him, that's that was more important because he doesn't need the money. He's he doesn't he he's just doing it strictly for fun. So, you know that shows that. You know, I actually have a lot of respect for that because he just realized that sponsorship or or being associated with a company was not his thing. He just wanted to do it strictly as a hobby, and that makes it more fun for him. It it, it all, always makes it more fun for someone that. You know, when you, when you start working for somebody, obviously things become work. And even though you still have a passion for it and you might still like the product and you still enjoy it, yeah, there's a little bit of a difference there because no, there's you times have to do it. Like, yeah, exactly. There's times when you don't feel like it or you don't want to and you have to. So that changes the whole the whole mood, you know, you know, getting yelled at for a mistake or <laughs> having to be there or, you know, just all the side effects of being sponsored yeah i can remember all of the hubbub when uh when he left sab and then there were poster or pictures on facebook and everyone was speculating who is he going to be flying for next and all of a sudden we started seeing you know an align and then a futaba radio and then and then an elise <laughs> and then you know outrage and then a goblin and it's like everyone's just kind of come to the realization that Turek is sponsored by Turek. <laughs> You know? Tarek is sponsored by Tarek, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and he's just doing what he wants to do, and he's enjoying it. I, and I think it's great, and, and uh, you know, he obviously, like you said, he, he can afford a, a lifestyle that uh, most none of us would probably ever realize or even fathom, but, you know, that's his hobby, and he can yeah. enjoy it any way he wants. So kudos to him for being able to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you used to, back in a previous life, you used to fly for a line. 
Uh, yeah. And I'm sure you're aware in the last year, it seems like a line's been doing some snatching grabbing of some pretty, pretty big names. And I think I kind of want to get your impression on, on, on that. And, you know, do you feel, I mean, I, I think that we've come to a realization that a line is just wanting some podium standings. And uh, of course they got one here recently at the XFC. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you, do you think that's what they're after? Do you think a line's trying to step up in, in the world of competition to prove that, their helicopter isn't just a, you know, a kind of a beginner's model or a cheapo. Or it's an actual quality machine. I honestly don't know. That's a very good question. You know, they won podium before. I think, I think uh, Lucas Riva won 3D Masters early on when the 700 was new. Yeah, it, I mean, it had been a while, it had been a while. You know, uh, yeah, so. 2009 maybe or eight or nine, maybe ten. I don't know. But uh, they, they won podium before. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, you know, back in the day when I was towards the, the, the last part of my involvement with the line, you know, I was still doing a lot for them in the U.S. market. And I, I was really happy with, with their stuff. And in fact, I, I kept flying their stuff until the Goblin thing came up and the Outrage thing came up. But, you know, I was still flying a line beyond my, my sponsorship with them ending, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but at that time, you know, even though I really don't want to go into specifics as, as to why I left, it wasn't really my decision, to be honest with you. I wasn't the one who decided to leave. It was them making me leave kind of thing. Okay. But at, at that time, you know, I was under the impression based on everything, how things went down with me that they honestly did not care much about having pilots or big pilots or big names. And, and, and for a period, you could actually see that trend that a line was losing or letting their pilots go. Yeah, I mean, some some big names left, uh, you know, or were let go. I, I honestly don't know. Besides myself, who else? Uh, how things went down with everybody else? And obviously, they kept Allen. Um, Allen was sort of crucial to them. And but but you know, I, it seems like maybe now they're trying to, to just sort of recapture recoup, that. Re- recapture that that lost. Uh, the, the, the lost time. I honestly don't know. I mean, they have a good product. I can say absolutely anything bad about a line. I mean, they, they, they've, you know, God, I mean, they, they probably have more helicopters out in the world than anybody else for that matter. Yeah. But, uh, I honestly don't know that winning podium helps the brand a whole lot. I really don't. I don't, I don't know. That, that's always been debatable. You know, we, we have these meetings at SAB and we talk about this type of stuff and, and they know that I don't want to compete because I just don't have the time to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, and, and we have these discussions and, and, you know, some people think that podium, you know, helps sell. And some people think that podium doesn't really do anything. I honestly don't know. I mean, what do you think? I, I think, I think, I don't know that I think, uh, eventually it does. I, I, and the reason I do is because what I think it does is it just, it, it silences some of the harder critics because, uh, you know, you know, anybody who, for example, I can remember, when you were flying a line, uh, um, having discussions and people would be like, well, you could give Bert, uh, a wooden stick with a prop per, with a, with a head on it and he's going to make it fly good. And, and most of us who have been in the hobby in the wild can understand that they can take pretty much any heli and make it look good. But what it does is it, when you have guys, you know, taking the number one spot with a heli, I think it gives it some exposure in a positive light, because let's face it, 
the past year, from a marketing standpoint, Align has not had a good year because they've pulled some pretty, what some would call nefarious stunts with some of their marketing tactics. And I think that's hurt them. And I think if you combine that with some positive outreach with with some some good standings and some competitions, I think it helps a little. I, I don't I don't think that it's a, a, an immediate sell. In other words, I don't think it's a, a, a something that you're going to see right away. But I do think in the long run, if you can consistently get somebody or your brand that's showing up in the standings, I think it's going to help. No, I, I have to agree with that, but I think it's something that takes place over a. a yeah, it's not going to be a one, period. one, you know, one hit wonder. I mean, everybody remembers "Right Said Fred," right? Yeah, I'm too sexy for my shirt. I mean, it was all yeah, the yeah, rage yeah. back in the day. Everybody knew that song. Where's yeah. <laughs> Where's Fred at now? You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's one. Yeah, it's one of those things where you know, you know, Jamie is a really, really good pilot, and you know, if he were to win every contest for the next three years in a row, then yeah, I think that would have an incredible effect over the, the alliance sales, but, but winning one or two. And then it, it's such a competitive market right now, not just with helicopters, but with pilots, there's so many good pilots out there and it's so difficult to win competition. You know, I've always said that the days when we, we saw Curtis Youngblood win, 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 win so many years in a row, those days are gone because there's so many big names and so many good pilots these days that, Anybody can take it. They're yeah. all equally as good. You know, you you have the top, I don't know, five or so competition pilots in the world that they're they're in my opinion they're at the same level and it has it, it's such a your know, competition is such a ambiguous. I don't know how to call it subjective it's such a subjective very- subjective thing. It's on the eye of the beholder. You know, the, the, depending on the environment and the judges and 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 how they perform that routine, or or mm-hmm. you know whether they had a failure. Or, I mean, there's so many different variables that it, it's impossible to, to to really tell with certainty that this pilot is just going to win this, regardless of his skill level. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, I I mean, it's it's good for them that they're 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 going after these big names. I mean, I hope it works out for them. I mean, they they're still the leader, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, there's no doubt about that. I don't want to keep you too long, but there's two more topics I want to touch on uh, before I let you go. And the first one, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the uh, the brain slash icon that you worked on. I know you helped those guys with the marketing, and apparent that unit has really taken a stronghold. And are you what unit are you flying currently? Are are you stuck with, or do you do you do one, or do you do several? I do several. I'm not I'm not committed to any particular unit. As of right now, um, I have a combination of icons, which are obviously the Heli Direct rebrand of right. uh, uh, the the brain, mm-hmm. and and I have still some V bars, and and I and I go back to back because it has a lot to do with what I'm flying. You know, I've and, and I must admit it has a lot to do with me not taking the time to change every single machine I own to one particular unit. But, you know, they're very different in the way they fly, but I think they're both pretty good. And, you know, when I get in the mood to fly the Icon, I will fly the Icon and I will fly it. And and then when I get on the V-Bar, I will kind of hate it, you know, and (laughs) because it's so different. But then I'll get accustomed to the V-Bar and then I'll go through like a month or two where I'm just flying nothing but V-Bar. And then I'll get back into the Icon and I'll hate it again. And it's just, 
it's one of those things where I just kind of have to make up my mind, to be honest with you, and I haven't. But, uh, I mean, they're both great units. I mean, they both have their pros and cons. I, I think, in my opinion, that the Icon is, is probably a little bit better for smack flying. But I think the V-Bar is better. It's more versatile. I think the V-Bar can do more of a little bit of everything. And lately, I've been doing a lot of big sky flying sort of things. So that's probably why I'm defaulting a little more to the V-Bar. But, but I mean, the Icon is a great, you know, the brain is, is a great it's a great unit without any doubt. It's a really, really good unit. Uh, are there any other uh, units that you've had a chance to play around with, uh, such as a, maybe a Skookum or a Beast X? Have you had a chance to play with any of those units? Try with the Sco- try the Skookum, but honestly, did not have much luck with it. Did not put a lot of time and effort into it um, because I was very busy with other projects and uh, kind of gave up on it. I still have it, and I want to get back into it and, and try to see if I can make it fly real well. I mean, I've heard some good things about the Skookum. I just haven't had enough time. I mean, and, and you know, to be fair, I just haven't put enough time into it to get it dialed in the way I want to. Beast X, I, I fly it on occasion, depending on the model. Like, um, you know, on this Speed Goblin that we're working on, the Beast X is the best unit to fly because it's it's the most stable unit at very high speeds. So I'm, I'm working with that one a little bit. And, uh, but other than that, that's about it. I mean, my, my main two are the Icon and the V-Bar, to be honest. Yeah. Tell us about Blades. What what, uh, what Blades is, uh, are you leaning to these days? SAB. S- well, I guess that was a stupid really? question, wasn't it? <laughs> so that's all I really honestly like. And it's not it's not that I'm asked to fly them, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I like Edges. You know, I used to fly Edge, and I still mm-hmm. think Edge is a good blade. Mm-hmm. But Edge blades are a little bit on the on the mushy side for me. Okay. Compared to SAB, I probably would be flying edge blades if SAB blades weren't around. Tell us, um, tell us specifically what it is about the about the SAB blade that you really enjoy. It's 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 an aggressive blade. Okay. Um, it's more aggressive than any other blade out there, but yet it's still stable enough for my type of flying. Um, I always prioritize on how aggressive the blade is because I, I you know my primary. My primary, uh, I guess, flying style is smack. You know, I like to smack the helicopter pretty hard, and and the edge blade has the, the 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 SAB blade correction has that quick response, and 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 it just it feels stiffer, even though it really might not be. But due to its design, it's just it stops quicker. It, it has like more collective authority than edge. Yeah, um, rails are great. I've flown rails. Um, I really like the blades, and and. Uh, but but to me they're more for like bigger flying. So if you're into like really big sky flying, you know rails are the way to go. But nice. when you go smack really hard on the deck, they just they don't have, in my opinion, the same heart collect collective authority. But but they're a great blade. I mean, every blade out there is is basically like phenomenal these days. You, do you you do, you f- do you find that the blades are kind of becoming uh, purpose driven? In other words. Um do you find you, you you kind of just alluded to it uh some blades work better for other for various types of flying do you think that's a yeah. that's that's something that's designed into the blades or does it just kind of happen that way i think it's a little bit of both you know in the case of rail you know i never spoke with matt bodos about why he designed rails the way he did but if you look at, at matt's flying style matt is is an ex- extremely good pilot and, and he's He's very aggressive, 
but it is is his flying style is big flying. He mm. loves to do big air stuff and really really big maneuvers, and it suits that kind of flying style beautifully. Right. So I, even though I haven't discussed it with him, I would tend to think that he made the blaze pur- purposely like that to suit his flying style, which suits a lot of a lot of people, obviously. And and you know it's like when people ask me, well, what blaze should I buy? It's like, dude, I hate to tell you, but you have to buy them all. You really do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, once you've reached this, you know, if you're into hovering and basic for a flight, it doesn't matter. Just just put a wooden stick on there. But, yeah, yeah. but you know, if, if you're into a little bit of 3D and, and you're at a level where you can tell the difference, you honestly have to try them all because. You have to match it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a pair of shoes. You know, it might fit you. It might not fit the other guy. Right. Right. It's everybody has their own different tastes. So what about know? what about servos? What are you running for servos these days? Um. On the big stuff, I'm still running JRs. Uh, it's still my favorite servo, the 8717HVs. Okay. I know they're not cheap. They're very expensive. But, you know, I have some servos that, I'm not kidding you, they have over 2,000 flights, and they're still going strong. I mean, they're, they're a ridiculously good servo. Um, on the minis, I'm flying, uh, I'm flying my own servo, <laughs> which will be available soon, by the way. Oh, okay. There's a little teaser for everybody. Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's actually... Um, it's really not hundred percent my own design. It's, it's an OEM product, of course. And, uh, it's, uh, I, I made a couple of changes to a couple of things like dead band and gearing and, and certain things like that. Okay. But it's, uh, it's a pretty good servo. Um, and these are going to be for the 500 then I'm assuming is what you're thinking. Yeah. For the 500 or for any helicopter that uses mini servos. Okay. And I think the servo is already for sale under the RJX brand. Oh, I've heard um, good things about those. Yeah. yeah so some people have seen them. And I'm just basically doing the same servo for mainly for the U.S. market. Okay. So I know the RJXs are not, you know, they don't really have any customer service in the U.S. So uh, we're right. going to be handling, I don't have the specifics yet as to like who's going to be the main distributor and everything else. But basically it'll be uh, the same servo with U.S. based customer service and Excellent. And uh, backed by me. So it's not going to be, you know, if there's any issues, we'll be there to standing behind the product and stuff like that. But I did make a couple of small changes to the debt band to suit more flyberless units because there are some flyberless units that didn't actually care for the debt band on the servo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a couple of changes like that. Nothing too special. But the servo is great. It's 0.03 speed at 8 at 8.4 volt wow. <laughs> i mean it's, it's pretty fast I, I can't remember exactly the torque but it's like 150 ounce oh geez i mean it's enough it's more than enough for a, a yeah a helicopter you know that size so and i think probably about 45 days or so out before they start coming out so nice. we're not done. yeah all righty uh okay so uh as far as uh as far as this, the helicopter, the stuff you're using, stuff like that, I asked you a question last time you were here, and it was, if you had to choose one, nitro or electric, which would it be? And you said both. You just couldn't commit. It's been a year or so since you've been on. Is that still pretty much the thing? Or are you finding that you're pretty much just doing electric now? Yes, it is. I miss nitro, dude. I really do. Do you miss the nitro? I, yeah, absolutely. I think, for, I think for like demos and stuff like that, I would still default to electric. Because I think the electric has just, just that raw power and, yeah. you know, it, you can just do a lot more stuff with the electric and quicker, crisper maneuvers and, and make everything more impressive. But 
overall, I mean, I obviously miss Nitra still because I, I, I missed the long fly times, eight minutes or seven minutes instead of three and a half, you know, and, and it's and, just, it's just cooler, dude. Nitra's yeah, cooler. It's just, yeah. It's just the sound of it and everything. Yeah. I don't, I don't miss the nasty, slimy crap <laughs> all over the helicopter that I don't miss. <laughs> I don't miss cleaning helicopters. I, I don't remember the last time I cleaned the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. But uh, That's an enduring no, quality for me. I like that part. <laughs> yeah, but there is something about the sound and, and the power is different. It's, it's not as powerful, but there's something about that. I think it's more consistent. Yeah, there's something about where that power comes in. Like it's like a different range of. I, I mean, I can't explain it, but yeah, yeah I, I miss nitro. Maybe we will have a nitro goblin. Who knows? I saw a, a conversion gasser. I'm sure you've seen it as well. Uh, yeah, but this is like maybe a real like SAB made. Oh, Who knows? are you just are you are you, no, not, are you reading the tea leaves there for us or what's going on? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so that would be really nice. That would be nice. I kind of want to get your impression of one thing before I let you go. And I just, I was noticing today, I was going through Facebook and, and I'm starting to see a lot of young kids that are really starting to crop up and, and grab sponsorships. Um, you know, what's your impression of, of the younger generate? I mean, when I say young, I'm talking 10, seven, you know, 12, 13, there's a lot of these young phenoms that are just starting to pop up. Have you had a chance to fly with any of them? And kind of what's your impression of, of that that growth in the hobby? Do you, do you think it's good for us or what do you think? It's, it, it can't be bad. No. Um, you, you know, I think it's certainly good. Um, Is it concerning I mean, for you? No. No. Mm-hmm. Why? Explain. Why, well, why, I, I don't. I don't really have an opinion one or the other because my, you're certainly coming from somewhere with the question. I am. So I'm, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get your impression because we talked a little bit um, before we started recording, and again, we won't go into detail about representing the hobby. And and you made a statement that is really sticks with me, and it's like the flying is is secondary to the representation. And I can't help but wonder if you have a seven-year-old, you, you can't take away from his. Obviously, if he's picked up, he's got some talent. But there's so much to be learned about representing the hobby. Does Absolutely. that does that that aspect of it is that a little concerning to you? It is to me a little bit, I guess. And I can't well, really put my finger on why it is. It just, you know, I'm concerned it, about it. <laughs> it. It really, it really depends because. It, it, it is a, a little bit concerning, but then on the other hand, I'm hoping that over the the long term that these kids that are in their early teens now per se would eventually become the new ambassadors. Yes, um, that's that would be fantastic. And, 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 I, and I think that it's impossible to tell what's going to happen. But you, you know, to each every person is obviously different. So many different personalities and stuff, but. You know, I think that with good parenting, um, I think that those 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 kids can actually become really good ambassadors. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's it boils down to the parenting, and I and, you know, and 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 for all the people that are listening that are parents that have kids that are getting into this hobby, educate them so that they know that what Dan just said and what I said earlier off the air is is that flying is not really 
that important. Of course, you have to be able to fly to represent the product, but the bottom line is you have to have the right attitude, um, the right personality. You, you, you know, you know, you you got to think of yourself as 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 not only a pilot but as an ambassador because when you start flying good, when you start going to competitions or doing demos or or doing anything that's looked after, you know, and people look up to you, you, you have to be able to represent yourself accordingly as well as the brand that you represent or the brands or whatever the hobby in general you know yeah. um so yeah i think that's very important but i think i think those kids if with proper parenting and and, and the right the right environment i think they can become really good ambassadors yes. for the hobby of the future yeah yeah, yeah. I, I agree and, you know the ones that will will the ones that won't won't you know and, and i think that's irrelevant whether they're 10 or 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 20 or 30 you know i think there are people out there of various ages that are great ambassadors and there are people out there that are, they're not. And, and I don't think age really has a lot to do with it. Once those kids develop their own personalities, you know, time will tell whether they're, they're that type of person or not, you know, but, uh, at the very least they will be probably a good show pilot. So, you know, I got to ask you, do you suppose that a company that is, uh, tries to involve a young kid, do you think mentally a seven year old is, is has the capacity to represent a brand in the hobby effectively absolutely not not in my opinion yeah um i i i think on behalf of the company that's sponsoring the kit i think it's a good move for them because especially if the kit is a good pilot um you know people are gonna watch that kit at an event fly and obviously if the kit's flying a certain brand people are gonna look at that brand but you know, if it was me, if I, if I, if I was a decision maker about, if I had, if I had, if I had the power to make a decision on behalf of SAB to sponsor a kit that young, I, I would not do it just because I don't think a kit that young can make the decision on whether he really wants to fly a goblin or not. And, and I would rather deal with the kit's decision and not with the parent's decision. Yeah, so. that's a good point. But, you know, it, to each their own. I mean, companies these days are doing everything in their power to to increase sales and, and, and power to them. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. if it works for them, it works for them. They're trying hard to get their little slice of that teeny apple or that teeny pie in that, uh, that, uh, in that uh, market. It's a small market. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bert, I really appreciate you hanging out with us, spending some time with us. And uh, as always, man, you're welcome here on RCHN anytime. Anytime, man. Just uh, let me know, and uh, I'll keep in touch a little bit better this time. It's been so long since I've talked to you, but you've been yeah, very busy, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the <laughs> thorn in your side, bothering you. So, well, I, I appreciate you having me. It's been a pleasure as always, and uh, certainly we'll have to do it again before uh, you know a year goes by. Yeah, that's too damn long, isn't it? All right, Bert. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk to you later. All right, man. Thank you. So that's Bert. Uh, he's got a lot going on. Been doing a lot of traveling. In fact, uh, this weekend, I do believe he's in. Uh, he's at the Heli Masters this weekend. Yeah, that dude gets around. Yes, yeah, does. wouldn't that be fun? And I, I don't mean it like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe like that. We're not going to judge. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dude, Susie's. Yeah, I was going to say, talk to Susie. <laughs> what you say about my man, boy? <laughs> yeah. She's going to get all crunk up in here. <laughs> oh, you did not. <laughs> oh, seriously. Oh, Dan. Get up in my oh, grill. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I feel like there's something else that we need to do before we end the show here, guys. What else did we need to talk about? 
I think we hit it all, dude. Yeah, this is going to be a very long episode. (laughs) Enjoy. You're going to get a couple days worth out of this one. Yeah. (laughs) A couple trips to work. (laughs) I think it's cool. Yeah. Well, and we go, hey, I'm going to get let out a little secret. Uh Uh-oh. Secret surprise. We we have another interview coming. Oh, yes, we do. And and I'm not going to say... I'm not going to say exactly who, but if you were curious what it's like to be, to live the life of possibly like just maybe the top ranked pilot in the world, you might want to tune in. You might want to tune in. That will be next week. Yeah. You guys tuning in. You schmoes didn't show up for that one either. Yeah. So I got to listen. I was there, dude. Justin was there. Some of us. Dan and I rock fly. I was camping. Dude, I had one. I go away. All right. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Nick takes issue with this. I do take issue with this because you know what? These two individuals, Bert and this other unnamed pilot, happen to be people that like, okay, Bert is always a kick in the pants to talk to. Right? He's just a cool dude. And. I did not get in on the last one. I don't even know if I was here yet, so I could, but I'm still going to hold it against you anyway. <laughs> so, I, and here it's like, dude, Bert's coming on. Sweet. You know, we, we completely understand he's really busy. It's hard to get, it's hard to get the pros this time of the year. Yes. Because they are just every weekend. It's nonstop. So for us to be able to, you know, catch one and it's like instantaneous. Hey, so when are you getting, uh, I, can we, can we, can we do that in about an hour? You're like, uh, uh scramble, scramble. <laughs> yeah. So I did kind of throw it right in your lap, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I'm, I was really bummed. I'm like, oh, man, well, gosh darn it. You know, I'd love to catch up with Bert, but all right, okay. It, it, it's cool because Bert takes a good ribbon, and I would have given him one. So, Bert, you're lucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, you know, this next one, I, I, I was working this one, you know? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So Wanted here, it. Just... Just yes, because this was one that I was really excited because, you know, I like to to understand what it's like and, you know, so I do all the legwork on this. Oh, you then, did too. And then, and then it's like, oh yeah, I'm camping and like texting for this person, relaying stuff back and forth to set up the interview. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. there's and nothing you can either. do. All work. We Got we, we swooped in and took it away from you, man. And then uh, I I can I just I have to relay this because it was just funny the way this went down. Because <laughs> I mean, you were intending on doing it. I mean, you were trying to figure out. Okay, I can I can sit in my truck and do the Wi Fi thing, and we can make this yeah. happen. And then then you said, "Uh, yeah, I just talked to the wife. It's not going to happen." <laughs> she, just looked, she just looked at me and said well you do what you want to do and you're like yeah that's a that's a no-go it's right one there. of those yeah dude i had such a plan it was like okay if i if we if we leave right after work then i can drive and it's it's like a four-hour drive okay so we'll, so we'll get there i'll get everything loaded up get them in bed real quick and then i'll go out in the truck where it's quiet and I'm not going to have the full studio, but it'll be okay because I'll, I'll get like a little headset. I'll have my laptop and because I wanted to be there so bad. And so I'm like, okay, by the way, dear. So I was kind of thinking, <laughs> you know, uh, 
you know, we get there, you guys are going to be like all tired and everything, you know? So <laughs> you yeah. guys just probably just want to crash anyway. And I was, you know, since they're doing an interview, I might as well be like, no, come hang out. And then she just looked at me. I mean, <laughs> it was one of those looks. Freaking lasers coming out of her eyes. She was like, you just do whatever you want to do. Oh, like, I want to hang out with you. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, yeah. it was just a Dear, dumb what I was trying to Dan go for was I was me. hoping you weren't going to go to bed because I really wanted to spend yeah. time with you. Yeah, I mean, and I told Dan I was just was about to tell you that I didn't want to have anything to do with this. Interview. I'm glad we're on the same page. This is good. <laughs> this is this was a good chat. <laughs> so I missed it. And on top of that, uh, I'm I'm aside from that interview, which was a fantastic interview. You'll you guys will hear that next week. Uh, I'm really excited because I just got confirmation of another interview that we're going to do, and I think Justin feels my excitement about this one. I do. We are going to interview, and I don't want to give any teasers yet. But man, ju- just think about the Godfather of all RC Heli has agreed to do an interview with us. And I'm very excited about it. We're going to get a chance. Here's here's a hint. We are going to get a chance to learn about inverted switching. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, we're a, talking like nice. throwback to decades ago. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm really when looking Curtis forward to Curtis was just a young punk. That's right. Yeah, so, and there's your hint. Yep. Look forward to that. That I am just... Because, oh man, I, I am really looking forward to that interview. Anyway, I think, first of all, let me just say, if you're still listening, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that enough or do we have anything else you want to talk about? Wake up and shut off your phone so the battery doesn't die. <laughs> all right, Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, man, how would I do that? Well, you probably wouldn't want to now after just listening to me for the last three hours. But uh, if you really did want to, and you wanted to send some hate mail, I would really welcome it. Um, you could send that to nick at rchelynation.com. Jesse, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Definitely shoot me an email at jesse at rchelynation.com and shoot all the hate mail to nick at <laughs> rchelynation.com because I don't want it. And Justin, if I wanted to get in touch with you. You can send me an email at justin at rchelynation.com, and I'll take hate mail. I don't care. Bring it on. I am Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchelynation.com or Dan K. Reed on the forums. Feel free to send any hate mail regarding any of the other guys in my name to me. Uh, I got I got broad, broad <laughs> shoulders. I don't mind. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been episode 93. <sighs> the marathon episode is what we're probably going to call this one. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We will see you next Monday. Later. See you guys. Take it easy, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you in part by HeliPros, KDE Direct, Progressive RC, and Jens Ace Batteries. We thank you for listening, and if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. (laughs) 